to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank So, Jamie, uh, what's on your Christmas list this year? Uh, what's on my Christmas list? Uh, I haven't fully decided yet. Probably some clothes. And, yeah, uh, some socks. Uh, yeah, probably. So- to be fair, actually, probably some socks. I need some uh, need some thick socks. My but my tootsies are getting very very cold. What's on your Christmas list this year, Al? I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one podcast I need. <laughs> I don't care about the aliens forcing us to watch movies. I just want some for my own. More than you, Jamie, could ever <laughs> know. A better actor than Tom Cruise. Oh, all I want for Christmas is that Tom Hanks dude? <laughs> now, Alexander, uh, as someone who uh, on previous episodes I have described as a um, uh, below average to average singer, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would not like to change any statements. I've got another song to get you, don't worry. Um, but don't worry, you've uh, written a song and I, uh, yeah, yeah. in turn, I've written two uh, songs. Have, you've written two songs. I've written another song. Another song's coming at some point. Okay, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, but in turn, it is, of course, our Christmas episode, as you've Hooray! already hinted by that. So, uh, given that, yeah. I'm not going to do our, new, new, our, our usual, our usual intro. Instead, I've got... Hello and welcome to Hank's Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks's entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Oh, Say hello, funny. Al. Hello, Al. Oh, it's Christmas. You yeah, of work. course. That was oh. uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, uh, but uh, to the tune or well, with the words of our usual intro i was i was you have no idea how testing it was of my maths and my general um rhythm counting skills (laughs) trying to count all the fucking syllables in those things and find a fucking song that has the exact same number of syllables um i couldn't find one that has the exact same number of syllables per sentence no yeah so i did have to do chronologically but you know i was i was pretty happy with that i was that was very good i liked it yeah so it's our Christmas episode, Al. Christmas! Obviously, I've sung that and yeah. said we are the show that chronologically reviews Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. Um, this week, we are breaking rank. Yeah. We are not chronologically reviewing because it is Christmas. This uh-huh. is coming out on Christmas Eve. Uh, so we're reviewing Tom Hanks' Christmas movie. Of course. We've got to do a big... It, w- it wouldn't really be our Christmas episode if we just did Road to Perdition, which is his next thing on uh, no, his IMDb. That would be Christmas. So we're, we're properly celebrating. We've both got Christmas jumpers mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both had tinsel on. I've taken my yeah, tinsel yeah, yeah. off as it was uncomfortable and smelled I... weird. Uh, but you've, you've committed. Yes. I mean, as this is the office Christmas party, we're also drinking. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, because it wouldn't be an office Christmas party unless everyone got sloshed. Yes, exactly. And as this will probably be our longest episode yet, we're going to be getting progressively more drunk as the show goes on. So get excited for that. But, Alexander, it is our Christmas episode. Yes. And because of that, I have written a poem. Oh, I like poems. Good. Well... Is it by Robert Burns? No, you're not Robert Burns. No, 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 I'm not Robert Burns. Um, I, in fact, don't know who this is by. I should know who this is by. Um, 
but it, it may sound like a, a poem you've heard before, Ooh, but I promise I, this I like, is all, I like all, poems all, I've heard before. all original uh, work. Um, this is so long, I apologise. <laughs> I've written a very long letter for later in the episode, don't Fantastic. worry. Twas the night before Podmus, Ooh. when laying in Al's house, Ooh. there was a small boy bitch boy, as small as a mouse. The typewriters were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that Tom Hanks would soon be there. Al and Alyssa were nestled all snug in their bed while I was sleeping sound on the sofa instead. (laughs) When out the front door arose such a racket, Al did nothing, assuming I had just cacked it. Away to the window I flew like a flash, but quickly remembered this is London and no one has any windows, so instead I opened the door. (laughs) To my unbelieving eyes, what did appear but a full-size sleigh with eight massive reindeer? Up front was America's dad, the father of the Yanks. (laughs) You know what rhyme's coming up. (laughs) I knew in a moment it must be Tom Hanks. More rapid than eagles, his courses courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Woody, now Miller, now Turner and Forrest Gump. On Joe Fox, on Rogers, on Disney and David S. Pump. Kins. (laughs) (laughs) To the trampoline, to the top of the spaceship. Now bounce away, bounce away, bounce away, bitch. This poem is too long and no one knows this next bit So let's just skip to when we describe jolly old Saint Nick I mean Hanks I swung around my head, I didn't want to miss As down the chimney came Hanks, taking a piss He had a sack full of props, as tall as his head to his toe Though though he was all charred as if he was in a volcano You're welcome yeah. Um, first came a mermaid's tail, all shiny and clean. He even had a spacesuit from Apollo 13. Next, Woody's hat and a box from FedEx. He promised me in this poem, Tom Hanks won't have sex. He took out one red shoe, and what came next, I did fear. I breathed a sigh of relief. There were no props from volunteers. Out he pulled a Zoltar machine, his vo- police uniform from Dragnet. This sack is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> At what point he started to play dead like a possum. I exclaimed, Houston, we have a problem. But he tricked me, showing his acting face to face. Right then I knew we were going to join the United States of Space. After what felt like hours, he said that was all. I started to cry. He said, there's no crying in baseball. (laughs) Behind him, there was not one, but two full moons. Tearfully, I whined. Rate and review us on iTunes. (laughs) Soon he was gone, leaving my heart feel weaker. This is definitely a six on the Tom Hanks dick meter. (laughs) But as he flew away, I did hear him drone. Happy Christmas to all, and steal your friends' phones! 
Honestly, uh. and I only have, uh, again, uh, as, as long-term listeners of the show, or short-term listeners of the show will know, uh, Jamie and I are in the middle of uh, very complex, complex, complex uh, contract negotiations. Yes. Uh, so I've just decided, uh, I, during this, I emailed my lawyer, and uh, you need to read that out for every Christmas episode from now on. You may <laughs> add things, but you may, may never remove things. Okay. They can only get longer. Yes, well, good. You may notice that it is actually much shorter than that. Yes. I got about ten lines in, yeah. and I looked at how much was left, and I was like, Jesus It's a book. Fucking... It's a long poem. Well, no. Th- yeah, it's, it's it's a long poem. I was, And I, there, was a, there was a lot of editing. Uh, there were yes. lines that, you know, I was trying to keep the, the rhythm going. Of uh-huh. course, it, it, it was difficult. Oh, oh, oh. Music. There's now there's now a soundtrack. Um, yeah. So I, I was I was pretty happy with what I came up with. Um, obviously, I, trying to come up with. I, I looked through every fucking Tom Hanks character yeah. I could find. None of them rhyme. No. I was trying to do the, the 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 reindeer as characters that he'd played, and the best I could get was Forrest Gump and David S. Pump. Kins. <laughs> it was either going to be that or Forrest Gumpkins. So I think you call it Forrest, Forrest Gumpkins. Um, yeah. So uh, Merry Christmas. That's my Aww. Christmas present to you. Um, That's a good present. Thank you very yeah. much. I liked it. I, it was good. Now, I'm feeling the spirit. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Now, Alexander, uh, it is our Christmas episode and we have a lot to get to. Of course. So I have a genuinely sincere question to you. Yeah. Should we bother explaining what the fuck the aliens is about? Um, look, in the same way in Halloween, I gave a very brief explanation of the fact that Tom Hanks uh, was possessed by, at birth no. by the ghost of Wanji Harding. And I, won't, no. I won't go into the fact that Tom Hanks is possessed by the ghost of Wanji Harding. Because but he's not. I, but what I will say, and this is a true fact, and I, I know it because I read, I read the New York Times interview, which our dear friend Becca uh, shared with us, with Tom Hanks and about Tom Hanks. But it's little no fact that uh, that Tom Hanks actually lives in the North Pole. This is this is true, and also <coughs> that he has a reindeer farm. And um, you know, very specifically, one Christmas when I was a young boy, I went on a trip to the North Pole. It was very magical, not like the bullshit North Pole, like Lapland or Canada, as Canadians like to claim. I went to geograph the, the uh, magnetic North Pole, and there I saw uh, a naked Tom Hanks just surrounded by a herd of reindeer. Cool. And uh, he looked at me and he, and he touched me on the head and I was only 11. And he went, one day you shall do uh, a radio show about me. I, I want people to know that Al did grab me in the head uh, for that bit. Yeah. It did not add anything no, to the podcast, no. but he decided to do it anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, normally there's aliens, uh, they invade. You can yes, listen to yeah. any other episode. Specifically last week's episode, I think, has a very good Yes, yes, very good. And also, frankly, um, if you haven't listened to every single episode up until now, Ooh. that poem probably made no fucking sense to you for most of it. So, um, if you want to fully enjoy that poem, and if yeah. you want to understand the aliens, please do listen to previous episodes. Yes. But it's on Christmas we can't get bogged down with no. those sorts of things now of course every week when we uh, discuss a film we do some historical context mm-hmm. and we do some film context of course. we give you a little bit about the year that it came out yeah. and we give you a little bit about the film itself now obviously we're jumping forward here to all the way to 2004 mm-hmm. and also I have checked um, he releases five other things Jeez. in 2004 so when we get to those five episodes, we're going to really struggle to stretch out those historical contexts. We'll probably end up doing another quiz, yeah, I imagine. So, something like that. So I graciously yes. have chosen not oh, to thank, do any thank historical you, context Jones. this week. However, instead, 
We're going to do a little bit of Christmas content. Oh! I'm just going to ask you some questions about Christmas, Al. It's our Christmas episode. We've got to celebrate. Happy holidays, everybody. What's your favourite Christmas song? Um, is there a correct answer to this? No? No, no, this isn't a quiz. I'm just... Al, Al, I know, I know we are laden with Ooh, bits. And, 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 that's true, that's true. There's several layers of all irony. I thought it was that I was going to say a song and you'd be like, wrong! No, 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 this is just an actual conversation. <laughs> this, is, this is just two people interacting. Yes, yeah, without... yeah. I, know, I know it's difficult, we don't okay, do it often. Okay, um, I'm trying to think what I play the most. Uh, I like... It's, it's probably like a hymn or a carol... Um, once in Royal David City, if that counts. Well, does that have to be a pop song? No, it doesn't. It's it's just, no, it doesn't. I'm just tutting because it's a shit answer. <laughs> Once in. It's great. What are you talking about? Oh. Those little cow, cattle sheds in a, in a manger layer, baby. Look. With no crane for a baby. It's, it's not exactly a bop, is it? <laughs> it's not a bop. You're right. You're it's right. not a bop. What's, what's your favourite Christmas um, song? Driving Home for Christmas is no. my favourite. Oh, um, in which case, uh, my actual favourite one is uh, Dominate the Christmas Donkey. <laughs> or actually, the most psychopathic one of all time, which is a song called Christmas Shoes, which there is a movie of. Rob Lowe stars in the movie. And it's about a young child whose mother is dying of cancer, and his father sent him out uh, to... Uh, Get some shoes, which he can't afford. He gave him no money, but he's been sent out to get some shoes for his mum, who is about to die, and she wants some Christmas shoes so she can wear them in heaven. It's a bit confusing. It's it's very dark. Dominic the Christmas Donkey is just Dominic. It's Dominic the Donkey. That one's great. Cool. Um, so you did get to talk lots. Uh, you sorry. asked me what my favorite true. Christmas song is. I managed to get the title sorry, out, sorry, and that was sorry, it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. So mine is for driving home for Christmas, um, and I'm very excited because this year yeah. is going to be the first year having passed my driving test, uh-huh. where I'm actually going to be driving home for Christmas, and it's going to be very exciting. As you know. Um, that drive is only about 12 minutes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to have to get that song on immediately as soon as yeah, I get in the yeah. car. But I am very, very excited to, is, uh, to put that on while I drive home. That is lovely. I have walked to your house from here before. Uh, it's yeah. not... Yeah, it's yeah really so not far. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favourite Christmas film? Uh, a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Was was that yours too? Is no. it yours too? No, oh, no. What's yours? Oh, actually, oh. <laughs> that's, a, oh, that's a shit. Oh, we go. It's not exactly a pop, is it? Uh, okay, if if we were to com- compare films to music, I would say Love Actually has much more bop energy than fucking It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is great, my it, good sir. It's good, uh, but in terms of energy, yeah. it's not a bop. Fucking! <laughs> you're like one of these Marvel fanboys going to Martin Scorsese, being like, "Oh, your films are shit." Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas food? Uh, There's only one answer to this: uh, leftover sandwich. No. Turkey risotto. Well, you can actually. Uh, stop taking a guess at what I think. No, no. That, that, That's I, your answer. Yes. Leftover sandwich. Um, no, pigs in blankets. No, pigs in blankets, no. baby. Yeah, pigs, pigs in blankets. No, who has? Pigs in blankets on the rest of the year. Barbecue. You fucking psychopath. If you're at a wedding, sometimes they do them dipped in like honey mustard. Well, um, fortunately, all of my friends um, are emotionless husks of human beings, so uh-huh. I, have, I have not been to many weddings. Oh. Got any weird Christmas traditions, Al? Um. I'm trying to think of weird ones. Uh, you know, the standard, obviously, kind of writing a letter, leaving under the fireplace, milk and cookies and stuff. We read it's. Uh, the night before Christmas, before Christmas, because of course... Can you, can you 
I beg of you. Yes. Can I beg of you to ask your parents, can I be the person to read it this year? And you read. I will give you a printed out copy of my version. And I Stick it in you. the book. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, outside of that, the only kind of big uh, Christmas story, uh, this may be married to my sister, but we'll go for it. Um, one year, uh, my mum and dad always get kind of uh, pyjamas on the night before Christmas. Yes, I believe I've seen uh, you yeah. post photos of that before. And it's really nice. And one year, my mum got uh, the women in our family a t-shirt which said, what a difference a Dave makes, right? With two thumbs up. And I think this is a saying, I'm not sure from where, but my dad's also called David. And my God, this is the first time I ever spent Christmas with did my sister fucking hate these shirts. It caused the biggest fight <laughs> in our family history the night before Christmas. As my sister was like, these are really sexist. She had just been for her first uh, semester at university, which is maybe why uh, she had apparently taken to confusing feminism. Like, I, I still am confused what, by what, the innate sexism of it. What a difference of. a Dave makes. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's nonsense. It's largely nonsensical. It's largely than- nonsensical. It's just saying your dad's nice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was odd. Uh, she doesn't listen to this. And if she does, uh, sorry, that's an embarrassing story. Wait. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, weird. Oh, so uh, we still do stockings uh, in oh, my house. Yeah. Right? Me and my brother are 26 and 30 now. Uh, and not only do we do stockings, we all gather on my parents' bed uh, and open them one by one together, yeah. uh, all still pretending that Santa gave them to us. We do the same um, thing. It's yeah. the cutest thing. Yeah. Um, so not that weird, but probably something we should potentially stop doing as a 30-year-old. Uh, Just have children. Choice. It's fine. They yeah, no, then I'll continue doing it every single year. Yeah. Um, what's the best present you ever got, Al? Mm, Christmas present. I'm trying to think. That's a tough one. I've had. There was a year when I got, and this this sounds really dumb. And it, it, it's re, this is probably not actually the best gift. It's just the one that comes to mind the most. Where I got a, uh, a kind of book for kind of um, it was sort of like an almanac for like the guide to being a modern gentleman or something. <laughs> and I swear to shit, I read the front and back of that thing for like three days straight. I was nice. like, this is fantastic. That's the one that sticks my memory the most. I mean, I, I've I've had some lovely gifts in my time, but that's the kind of dumbest one. Nice. Which I've um, I am gonna say, uh, well, no, I'm gonna say my best gift first, uh, but then I also have a very funny story about another gift um, that I received. So my best gift that I've ever received at Christmas uh, is a gift you know well. Uh, it is my full cardboard cutout of Michael Bublé. Oh, um, yeah. So for a, about, it's one of those things that comes from a, from a family joke where, you know when, like, one small thing gets completely blown out of proportion? Yes. I believe on one holiday I said I kind of liked Michael Bublé. Yeah. Um, and then and then this just spiralled into a running joke of my family that I am just the biggest Michael Bublé fan in the world to the extent that there was a running uh, joke that my brother would get me various Michael Bublé-themed gifts. He got me a... Uh, Michael Bublé pillow. Oh. He got me a Michael Bublé framed um, uh, picture. Uh, and this all culminated in one Christmas, him giving me a full cardboard cutout of Michael oh. Bublé. Uh, this is probably three or four years ago now. I still yeah. do have him. Um, he's still surviving. He's, he's a little bit worse for wear, I'll be honest. He's only a cardboard cutout. After he's several not, moves, yeah. Yeah, he's, after several moves, he's not supposed to survive this long. Uh, but he's doing well. Uh, now, the other story I want to tell was... Uh, the year that I got re-gifted uh, a, uh, a Christmas jumper by my mother Ooh. that I had given her Ooh. the year before. <laughs> and I, I brought this, I found this hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was clear my mum had not liked this <laughs> gift that much. Or like, 
just forgot, like, as you do with a Christmas jumper, you put it away because you don't use it for the rest of the year. She clearly found it at the bottom of wardrobe, thought it was maybe something she'd bought, like, at another point and never given, and gave it back to me. And I pointed it out, and my mum was not happy. Oh, God. <laughs> That you pointed it out, or well, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I'm not the one that regifted it. I just found it very, very funny. Yes. Uh, but I don't think my mum found it as funny as I did. Um, what's the best Christmas present you've ever given, Al? Ooh, that's tough. I've done, I've done a couple scrapbooks. For uh, friends and loved ones, yeah, probably not. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking just, matter if you have I one here. This is show a, it This to is you. an audio medium. I, I did a, a a scrapbook for our dear friend Bennett, which I think was a pretty good gift. Um, where I got everyone to all our friends to kind of send me messages and stuff to write for him. Yep, I believe I I was one of those people. Yeah, and I got lots of photos and all that stuff, and I sent it off to Seattle and deliberately sent it with uh, plenty of time, like a couple of weeks before Christmas. I sent it first class, and I was like, "This is definitely going to arrive in time." And uh, no, no chance in hell. Arrived like two months late. Um, nice. Yeah, feel bad. I'm really sorry, Ben. But you know, it's a good gift nonetheless. Yeah, as someone um, who. Uh also has to, for his secret Santa, yeah. uh, send a gift to uh, the West Coast of America. You have put some fear in me. Oh, yeah. Uh, some very much some fear, because, of course, we're not recording this on Christmas nope. Eve. We're recording this a few weeks before Christmas Eve. But I should probably get my fucking arse in gear for that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, my best gift I've ever given you've uh, been um, present for. Uh, it was when we did a secret Santa amongst uh, groups of friends of ours. Mm-hmm. And a dear listener of the podcast, Becca, uh, was the person I got for secret Santa. Uh, and I filmed all of her friends asking and asked them questions like, when did you first meet Becca? What are some nicknames you have for Becca? What is your favourite memory of Becca? Give me three words to describe Becca. Uh, and then I edited that all together uh, into a little four or five minute video. We watched it all together and she fucking cried. Cried her eyes out, the baby. I fucking won that secret Santa and I will fight anyone who believes I didn't. Um, so yeah, that's that's best Christmas. That, was, that, that was a strong year of Secret Santa. Yeah, yeah, no, I received that year a, a personalised uh, camera strap, which, which you I, wore. Still, I still have. Yeah, yeah. I mean the uh, words I mean, are it's now falling apart. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was a very very nice gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there were a few scrapbooks. There were there were a lot of good uh, Secret Santa gifts that year. It was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, so that's my little. Uh, Christmas context. Oh, um, so I thought your Christmas context was going to be you know, just things about the Christmas. history of Christmas. No, yeah, no, 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 no. no. Okay, uh, no, 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 just yeah. that. Um, we all know what the fuck Christmas is. Uh, so that's us uh, having recorded for about half an hour and not even slightly talked about the Polar Express. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, what can you tell me about the film The Polar Express, Alexander? Uh, first, a little song. I have, oh, I have another, another song. song. Uh, this one is you know for a special gentleman out there. Uh, I know he's a big fan. Um, Is it me? Oh, maybe. It's the most beautiful time of the year. Lights fill bricks and streets spreading so much cheer. I should be packing up my house, I know. But I'ma be under Tom Hanks' toe. I don't want to miss out on the holiday. But I can't stop staring at your face. I should be drinking a cup of hot cho. But I'ma be under Tom Hanks' toe. With you, Jamie, with you. With you, Jamie, with you. With you, under Tom Hanks' toe. That is, uh, of course, uh, the seminal uh, song Under the Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Which is Mistletoe, yes. yes. Uh, uh, now, Al, I love yeah. I love that you've prepared. You've written two songs. Uh-huh. That's great. You've written a lesson uh-huh. for later. 
I would like to say you changed three words in that song. Whoa, 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 whoa. Technically, the, the line is not... Uh, uh, most beautiful time of the year. Lights for... Uh, it's not Brixton Street, so I added one word. Oh, I didn't in. hear you say that. Lights for Brixton Street, so uh, I should be packing up my house. I know, that's definitely... Oh, that's, is that that's, not... Oh, is that not... Actually, no, that's... I should be packing up my house. Yes, I'm moving yes, you soon. Should. Uh Obviously, mistletoe has turned into Tom Hagstow. That's three words. Yes. Um... I don't miss the whole day. Well, actually, no, technically, you only, cha- you only changed one word. I took out one word, but added three. <laughs> uh, and the line, I should be drinking a cup of show, I changed for literally no reason. There was already a line that would have worked. I just changed it to, but I, uh, I should be drinking a cup of hot show. <laughs> because that's what people call hot chocolate where I'm from. Yes, yes, of course. Um, uh, of course no, no, of course. I'm, just, I'm just saying, as, as someone who has done five or six song sure, parodies sure. I do try to you know mix it up right, a yeah. little bit more than all that I'm, all I don't I'm try saying, to keep you know 80% of the song the same as the original thing is I get a lot of stick normally for very low effort things yeah, and no, I feel absolutely. that feel it definitely clears that bar no no absolutely so definitely you're, you're definitely doing better sure. but you know we, sure. we, we, we I'm never we, going to try never again perfect. no 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 absolutely no and I'm saying you've done great and now we want to push for even better. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for my song, Al. What can you tell me about so, Polar Express? So, The Polar Express, which came out on the uh, 10th of December 2004 in the UK, um, which uh, has an interesting kind of long story of Tom Hanks bought the rights to the book uh, because he wanted to play the conductor in Father Christmas, which is uh, quite big-headed. <laughs> um, but also very specifically, as part of the uh, deal for buying it, they couldn't make an animated movie. Um, which is why this whole thing is done using, uh, as you may know quite famously, uh, motion, motion capture, capture. Uh, full-body motion capture. So, so it's not an animated movie, it's a... Computer so, animated well, motion capture yes, movie. I, I believe because it's... I imagine they got around it by the fact that, like people are portraying the movements rather than computers. It's a bit weird. Um, at one, uh, It's been directed by Robert Zemeckis, the director of Castaway, also the director of Forrest Gump, uh, also the director of uh, many other films, including uh, Welcome to Marwin, uh, who co-wrote, co-produced, and directed the movie. Originally, the plan had been for Tom Hanks to play all of the roles. <laughs> like all the children as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been fucking all amazing. Uh, instead, he uh, plays seven roles. I... Um, I, I I say this fully sincerely, this film would be 300% better if Tom Hanks played every single role. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, we'll get to this later. This may be the greatest Tom Hanks movie, although it's definitely not the greatest movie Tom Hanks is in. Um, also starring uh, Friend of the Pod, of course, Peter Scolari. Yes, yes, and I love this because he doesn't, he doesn't voice any characters. Oh. He does the motion capture yeah. for one of the children. So what I love is we've seen this multiple times. When uh, Tom Hanks is um, controlling uh, a film where he's directing it or, or producing, he likes to bring back Peter Scolari. Mm. Uh, for, uh, for, no one who, for people who haven't uh, listened <laughs> since episode two or three, uh, Peter Scolari was his co-star in Bosom Buddies. They did two seasons of that together. They clearly got along really, really well and good friends. And so Tom Hanks brings him back on as many projects. However, this time... This time, I want to imagine that fucking conversation where he's called him up and go, Hey, Peter, I'm doing a big Christmas movie. I, hey, I got Petey. A, hey, Petey, how you doing, buddy? I got a big Christmas movie for you. I got a great role for you in mine. Oh my god, that's amazing! Am I, am I gonna play? Am I gonna play Santa? Am I gonna play? Uh, am I gonna play uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Is that 
No, uh, you're actually gonna play a little kid. Uh, he's a poor little child. Uh, he's pretty sad. Oh, well, that's that's great. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's got like a really cool arc. I can give you know a nice deep portrayal of uh, of you know the sadness of being alone on Christmas. Uh, yeah, that sounds great, Peter. You're gonna have to do that with your fucking arms and legs, you dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you like my Tom Hanks impression? I mean, great. Very uh, notoriously, Tom Hanks uh, also starring in The Irishman. Yeah. Uh, the Irishman, not the Irishman. <laughs> the Irishman! One Irishman. Um, uh, he plays in this Hero Boy, which he does the motion capture for. He does the motion capture for the kid! Yeah. No, I he believe. Does. He does the motion capture for the kid. I, no. does the vo- uh, so I the- believe Josh Hutchinson does the motion capture for the kid. Additional motion capture. Additional motion capture! So they clearly got him in to do some shots. Uh, Daryl Sabara does Hero Boy's voice. I don't know yeah. why they call him Hero Boy. The boy's never named it. No, he's never named. So apparently in writing they were like, Hero Boy! Yeah, the main two characters are Hero Boy and Hero Girl. Short, weird. Uh, he plays Hero Boy's father, who's just Tom Hanks. It's, yes, it's, yeah, it's literally just Tom Hanks. Although the rest of the adult characters he plays, which yeah. you're about to mention, yes. also are kind of Tom Hanks-y, yes. but the dad is just Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. It literally just looks it like looks so Banks, uh, conductor who is basically a, a magical sat- like Satanist uh, train conductor. Uh, hobo, who is an evil hobo who lives both on top and underneath of a train. And also might be a ghost. Maybe. Uh, Scrooge Puppet. It's a pu- I'm not sure. Here's the thing. I'm not sure he technically plays that. If Because it's it's we'll get onto it it's controlled by the hobo yeah so i'm not sure that technically counts as a character he plays uh santa claus and uh, also the hero boy in the future so i think yes yeah, he plays the nar- hero boy as the narrator essentially yes. at the beginning which we'll get to um and then there's fucking no one else of note in this film like it's just tom H- it's tom hanks and then they were like fuck we gotta get a few kids in here uh none of whom there are definitely a couple famous. voice actors i think eddie Deason um has been in other stuff but it's it's very much like voice actory kind yeah, of yeah, roles. Absolutely. Uh Gay p- plays uh Vera Hero Girl, sorry, Brandon King plays Pastry Chef. It's a lot of stuff like that. It's it's a bit weird. Uh if you were to call this a vanity project, um you might not be uh, far off. Uh it ended up uh getting nominated for three Oscars. Really? Fucking hell. Um I believe it also ended up making a decent amount of money about 300 odd million on a yeah. 125 million budget but originally mm. in the box office it did very poorly yeah. it got like a 10 million opening weekend yeah like it slowly got a little bit more but like it's eventually done well from like reruns and stuff and being played in uh, cinemas oh, over uh, christmas opening weekend was 23 million 23 million but but even but then like, like it was a budget for, for a budget about 165 like and it only made the interesting thing was domestic in America, it only made 187 million, which is not is not good. Most of the time, when um, the studios make these kind of films, they want to make most of their money uh, in the kind of uh, domestic box office. Uh, so, it made 300 million overseas overall worldwide, which is good. But I imagine they would have considered it a flop because of its uh, yeah, it, especially in, in its initial cinema run. The box yeah. office, uh, from what I've read, mm-hmm. includes re-releases and it has been yeah. since 2004 re-released quite a lot yeah. so it makes a, a decent amount of money uh, but yeah initially did not do well nope 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 uh, and not reviews mixed reviews mixed it, well, reviews it, I find the reviews kind of interesting uh, in that like there were some one star reviews I think from Rolling Stone gave it one star so they're basically like this is a science experiment gone wrong it's the a lot of the word just gets thrown around a lot about the Polo Express is um, the Uncanny Valley yes we will get on whether to that. or not that specifically means 
people use it in a context here, which I'm not sure. It was not necessarily the context that term is uh, meant. It's I, originally meant to refer to AI, um, uh, I believe, in, in this initially, and then kind of afterwards. I, so it. I've only ever heard Uncanny Valley in used in, in terms of um, relating to how realistic uh, animation looks. For anyone that uh, doesn't know, the Uncanny Valley is essentially the idea that in animation, in um, anything uh, cartoony trying to represent people, yeah. they're is a representation where we kind of accept it where it's not human-like at all. No, it's representative, and, but not necessarily yeah, so uh, realistic. For example, like Toy Story or a lot of Pixar yeah. stuff. Like, very much an, a stylized version of representing people. Yeah. And then as you get more and more realistic, it suddenly becomes very, very uncomfortable yeah. to us, where it sort of just about work, like looks more like it people, more but like there's people. something wrong about it. It is uncanny, uh, as the Uncanny Valley suggests. And then as it then gets more realistic again, we become to accept it again. Um, and yeah, many people believe that this is very much in that uh, lovely sweet spot of uh, trying to look like people, uh, but being slightly uncomfortable. Um, do you have anything more about this film? Um, or shall we plough into the plot? Let's plough into the plot. Yeah, so I think it's originally used to refer to robots ah. and has uh, basically in terms of like, there's a point where we're happy with robots. So for example, a cute robot dog which looks like a robot, we're not uncomfortable with, but a robot dog which has like fur, but you can tell by the way it moves ahead in a kind of creepy way, you're unsettled by that fact. Yeah. And the term valley, I think, is meant to refer to like, as if it were a graph. Yeah, exactly. there was a bell curve in terms of uh, realisticness and comfortableness. Uh, yeah, let's go into the plot. Uh, it begins, as all good Tom Hanks films do, with narration! Tom Hanks in like, the future. Like, like, I think there's maybe two yeah. Tom Hanks films that start with narration. Whoa, 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 whoa. Forrest Gump has narration? Yeah. Uh, he narrates the entire film. Uh, I believe... Um, uh, fl- flyer, fuck, flyer. What's that? Fl- Radio flyer. Radio flyer has narration. Radio flyer definitely has narration. I believe the one set in Israel has a little bit of narration. Oh, good. Yeah, all all the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the good ones. Hey, of, of which this definitely fits into. Uh, uh, the one set in Israel is every time we say goodbye. Sure. There we go. Um, Tom Hanks is kind of setting up the idea that when he was a kid, he was a bit of a dick around Christmas, all right? We kind of go around, we're in this kind of creepy, weirdly animated 1950s, 1960s, maybe 70s-ish house. Uh, Tom Hanks is downstairs, kind of looking around the presents, or being Tom, kind of suspicious. Or the kid. Oh, the kid. The kid. The hero boy. The hero boy. Played uh, by Tom Hanks, uh, but not Tom Hanks. He basically... First five minutes, he doesn't believe in Santa. He, no. he looks up, his uh, parent, his sister believes in Santa. His parents are saying to her, oh, you got to go to sleep because uh, yeah. Santa's going to come from the North Pole. He looks up a book and is like, North Pole, devoid of, of life, life. inhospitable. No one lives there. He's like, oh, I'm right. No, no Santa. Yeah, the the love. he has told his sister uh, that Santa's not real. He's been like, how's uh, his sister, when they go, oh, Santa's real, she's like, but Billy, what hero boy said that he would need a, a, a sleigh the size of an ocean liner to carry all the gifts. Like a wee prick. Yeah. All right. Um, First rule of bringing on older sibling, you're not a dick to younger siblings about Santa. You let yeah. them, you know, uh, learn to come to terms with it. That's about three minutes long. We've got we've got the establishment. It's called the Polar Express. Boom! Hello, Polar Express. Three minutes into this film, he's asleep. Um, it's five minutes to midnight. Uh, he looks out the window. Everything starts shaking. Uh, he goes outside, and who is there but a giant train and Tom Hanks. Yes, Tom the Hanks, conductor. the conductor. He's like, hey, we're going North Pole. It's the Polar Express. Get the hey! fuck on, little kid. Um, <laughs> my Tom Hanks impressions continue to excel. Oh. Um, and again, as with um, all the anime, they're like, each character 
has an essence of Tom Hanks. This is Tom Hanks with a moustache, yeah. but you can tell it's Tom Hanks. This is a very Massachusetts-y Tom Hanks. Yes. I feel, I feel it, it, can, it reeks of uh, old world Massachusetts. Yeah. The train is a steam engine. It's not anything high-tech. It's very much uh, that kind of golden age of railroad yeah. kind of vibe. And a uh, guy's like, hey, we're going North Pole. Get the fuck on. He's we're like, I'm oh, not really sure. Starts to move. Yeah, he hops on. Hmm. Uh, we, yeah. we, he jumps on and he goes into a cart, which is has a bunch of other kids, all destined for the North Pole. Yeah. And we are introduced... In, in probably the worst bit of animation of this film when uh, introduced the uh, the girl yeah. uh, so creepy she smiles like a psychopath the, the issue with this film is everyone is dead behind the eyes yeah, yeah. like and this, this small uh, child little girl smiling is so uncomfortable uh, the only thing I can compare it to is it's like a PS2 cutscene oh here's, here's what I feel very specifically it's like you know in Skyrim, mm-hmm. how there are children, you can't murder them, but there are children. Yes. If you look at the children in Skyrim for too long, their lack of any facial animation, or really any, like, they didn't put that much thought and care into the children because you don't interact with that many of them anyway, is uh, creepy as shit. Yes, yeah, except Skyrim still has better graphics than this film. Um, and then alongside that girl, we always introduced to the fucking worst character in this film. Uh, equals MC Square. Oh, hello, I'm a little fucking annoying kid. That's the only fucking thing you learn about me. I'm an annoying kid who tries to correct anything. I think I know everything. He's so annoying. (laughs) Um, We'll try not to talk about him too much uh, because he's actively the most annoying cat. And I get that the point point. of him is is he supposed to be annoying? Doesn't make it better. He's so annoying. Um, Before they leave his town, uh, they can stop off as... No, no, kid says the wrong side of the tracks. They look across. There's a beat-down old shack. The train stops. The conductor gets off. And the kid's outside. You can see him. He's kind of in a night shirt. He's wearing kind of Wellington boots. And Tom Hanks goes, hey, do you want to come on? The kid goes, uh, no, you, you can't really hear it. He goes, no. Tom Hanks says, are you sure? Yeah. He goes, okay. And this, the same thing happened with the hero boy. So you think, okay, maybe he's going to get on. He doesn't get on. The, the, the train slowly starts to chug away, chug away. He's trying to run, he's trying to run, but he's too small. He's a little boy. He's definitely younger than hero girl and hero boy. So instead, hero boy decides, he sees me, he's even trying to catch up. And he thinks, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing here. He goes, his emergency stop lever, and he pulls the lever down. The train slams off. Now, did you find this scene as funny as I did? Because this little fucking small boy bitch boy yeah. <laughs> helplessly running through the snow and then fucking flopping on his face, face is not supposed to be funny, but fuck me did I laugh. Because um, it's like it's like so actively trying to portray this kid as so pathetic. Yeah, um, yeah so he pulls the emergency brake. Uh, Tom Hanks comes to him and is like, what the hell was that? Well, what are you doing? Who pulled the brake? We got, we're, we're running late. Don't you know it's five minutes to midnight? And he's like, hey, but the kid wanted to get on. He's like, oh, is that right? Good job. Here's the thing. Um, the accent you're doing is appalling. Yeah. And yet the intonation is fairly close. Thank which, you. Which is, I think it's a good performance, although terrible, terrible accent. Thank you. Yes. We kind of see from this point that this magical, evil, satanic god of a conductor uh, is, is uh, evil, certainly. Uh, magical, yes. But not necessarily cruel. Yes. He has his own weird logic um, system. He's, he's imposing. He's definitely an adult figure, but he, he's kind of uh, got a little twinkle behind his yes. eyes. Yes. Um, so the, the, the boy gets on. He's put... In a different car? No, he goes to a different car. Or he goes to it and he just sits by himself in another car. Yeah, he's kind of depressed. He, he, uh, as he explains later, um, he well, d- 
We'll it's not possible. Okay, fine. Okay. We'll we don't know why at this point. Yeah, we don't know why at this point, but he's just sat by himself. It's kind of spooky. Um, uh, all the golden tickets are handed out. Yeah, uh, well, they already have them. Uh, uh, they, so they, at this point, uh, Tom Hanks says, uh, tickets, please, tickets, please. And the kid goes, I don't have a ticket. He's like, check your pocket. Checks his right-hand pocket. Right-hand pocket has a hole in it. Tom Hanks rolls his eyes and goes... The other pocket. He oh, yeah, it, it's been established earlier that it's got a hole in the pocket, but yeah. it says he was rushing out the house, he got rips. caught on the bed stand, and the pocket got ripped. Yeah. Um, he goes inside, he got, he's got a golden ticket. Tom Hanks does uh, kind of flourish with his hole punch, which he punches on the uh, tickets. Yes, uh, and, and he not, punches and not, out BE. Yes, BE. Um, I believe on the girls' ticket, LE. LE um, on the No It's All ticket, also LE. Yes. Um, now, not to belabor the fact that. Um, many parts of the animation of this film suck. But the particle uh, effects of the falling cards, I don't know if you noticed, awful. They just disappear midair. They're like three pixels yeah. large. It's, it's not great. These... I think there, there are aspects of the animation here which are good. The, uh, the general uh, environment and some of the oh, buildings yeah, can look very, very good. beautiful. And the effects are good. And the, kind of, but, the idea of motion in it is really good. But I agree the, the... The people and the small details. Whenever yeah. it comes down to like d- animating something quite small, uh-huh. um, really really not, not very so, good. So, uh, as a kid, uh, I used to love watching DVD special features. And it's something which I think has really been lost for Netflix and all that kind of stuff. Because there's so much interesting stuff there. But I remember watching the incredible special features and listening to Pixar talk about animation. I think it was John Laster at the time. Um, who was talking about how in their film before The Incredibles, Toy Story 2... They felt that, I think this was the first time I heard, heard the term of the Uncanny Valley, where they basically talk about the fact that uh, they felt Al from Al's Toy Barn was almost so real it was kind of disgusting. Like, they, they felt a little bit grossed out by it. They couldn't really get to the point in their animation where they felt being real was a good thing. And instead, they were like, no. Which is why, after that, you actually see their animation go away from being yes. realistic for a long time. So things in Wally, find, uh, Finding Nemo is obviously about fish, so that doesn't really matter so much anyway. <laughs> But the Incredibles, all that kind of stuff, the animation style, they're not trying with a lot of no. it to be realistic. They're trying for it to be representative yes. and, of, and be able to convey emotion really well. Whereas this thing clearly does the opposite, which yes. is before this technology is really, uh, you know, fully but, workable for it, it, I, it. I think for its time, it was really cutting edge. But the fact was, although it was cutting edge, it wasn't, it wasn't good, good enough. enough. But also... I mean, would you not agree that I feel like there are very, very few animated films, even to this day, where yeah. we our animation is probably good enough that we could. There are very few animated films that go for realism when representing people. Sure, I, we we see things that re- use CGI and sure. go for realism. Yes, but, but those are generally live action films where they have to work within sure. the, 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 the live action. So there are things like uh, Gemini Man is a recent example where uh, it Will Smith plays against Will Smith, but the younger Will Smith is not actually him. De-aged is a fully CGI character, right? Yeah. And that's pretty darn close, incredibly yeah. expensive, but pretty darn close to looking like a human being. But when it comes to anima- animation, fully animated yes. films, very few go but for instead, realism. What you often get is uh, it's realism in the scenery and realism in the lighting effects nowadays. So, yeah. so especially if you look at things like Toy Story Four or um, the uh, I can't remember what it's called, The Good Dinosaur. The water, the trees, the foliage, all of that looks borderline photorealistic in the background at times. Yeah. Um, but the people... But the people, no. And no. As we and, know from, and that works better. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. If you look at a film like The Lion King, which actually the majority of the scenery in The Lion King is... That's the stuff now which is really incredible animation is 
the scenery is non-existent. They didn't go to Africa and film it and then put it afterwards, put it in. They created these 3D worlds, and that's utterly fantastic. But even then, as much as Simba looks great in that film, it, something still doesn't work. It, it's definitely kind of going for the, that Pixar style. Um, something like Coco, I think, is a really lovely animation. And in the same way that for a long time, I even I I love Toy Story. I like Toy Story One. I love Toy Story Two. I still think for a long, it took a, a good while for the animation quality artistically, I feel, to be as good as, let's say, the kind of uh, 2D animations back in the kind of, yeah, even early 90s, but definitely in the golden age when there was more uh, time and resources dedicated to uh, fully 2D animated projects. Anyway. Yeah, so, back to the plot. Sorry. Um, after they've uh, chopped all those, um, then it's hot chocolate time, Al. Oh, yeah. Then it's time for... Hot show! The most bizarre fucking awful hilarious terrible sequence in this film where you just got a bunch of bad badly animated waiters coming they're through they're robots I think I, I think that's why they move like that they're robots cool they're I think still that's, bad I don't think I think if they are meant to be like automatons I think it's the the animation is decent for that i don't think that's well conveyed but it, but it's still it's still it's not well conveyed and it's still dizzying to watch it's dizzying. I, I recommend it anyone just search the hot chocolate scene from polo express um it is wild i was laughing at it throughout like constant just hot chocolate being thrown around everywhere yeah. all these guys doing like fucking dance it's, moves it's, it's and a shit. musical sequence right? it's a musical I, sequence it's it's odd we'll get we'll come back to this there's like three songs in this. It's like kind of a song. Yeah, it was because Tom Hanks is kind of singing. Yeah. He's like he's like saying a few lines yeah. melodically, but it's not really a song. It's very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that whole sequence happens and it's wild. Um, then um, the girl has snuck away, hidden one of the hot chocolates. Is going to take it through to the uh, the other kid. Uh, she goes through there with the conductor. They're through. And our hero boy sees that uh, her ticket is still unpunched. Mm-hmm. So he goes to take it to her because couldn't fucking wait for her to come back. <laughs> of course, that would be too logical for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, as he as he treacherously is trying to travel between the train cars, suddenly it gets blown out of his hand. And then probably my least favourite sequence in this entire film happens where we follow this uh, train ticket. Um, it, uh, it goes and lands with a pack of wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wolves start running, so it picks up wind through them. Um, yeah. It's then they go down a hill. It flies through the air. An eagle picks it up. Yep. The eagle carries it, puts it, tries to feed it to its baby. Baby, baby eats it. Baby eats it, Pukes throws it, it up. Um, it rolls down into a snowball. The snowball, snowball breaks, breaks on it. some water. Um, it goes through like a like viaducty sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think then the, oh no the, no 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 after I think it's after the snowball because the eagle took it over the mountain and the train has been going through a tunnel and then I think after it once it rolls down and breaks free it kind of falls down onto the it's 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 a viaduct but it's a, the train tracks on the viaduct yes and then it and goes then under the train sucked under and then, the train and then, and then, then into back the in uh, into the vent um, by the carriage now. It took me a while to realise why I hated this sequence so much. Well, firstly, I think the sequence is silly. It's just a bit... I don't really care. Um, But But. there's no music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no music in the entire... That's why I was like, this is so uncomfortable to watch. I'm just watching a ticket flying through the air. There's no... Music creates tension. Mm. And there was no fucking tension because it was just... I think that's fair enough. I, I think uh, one thing I found really interesting about this movie is for a lot of it, it kind of mimics uh, 
almost like a silent film. Like it, it is a silent film in lots of parts of it. The dialogue is fairly sparse. It's no one really talks about themselves. It's not like they have big conversations about like, do you believe in Santa? No, I don't believe in Santa. It's quite silent, and I, but I, 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 yeah, appreciate that. Although I overall do like the score, I can appreciate why in that. Uh, yeah, no, I overall do like the score. It was weird that there was no music in that no, section, I and I so. really, I like, sure. I was actively uncomfortable watching that, and I couldn't yeah. figure out, and then I realised it was because there was no music. Um, at this point, uh, Tom Hanks comes back in. Uh, he realises that the t- uh, her ticket is gone. Yeah. Um, uh, and takes her away. And the know-it-all boy goes, he's going to fucking yeet her off the train. Woo! I need to get Tom off the train. Yeah. He's going to uh, pull the emergency stop again, but instead he sees the ticket in the vent. It's kind of flashing there. It almost goes in. It almost goes in. He grabs it at the last second. He's like, yes. He goes through this time. He kind of uh, goes between the carriages. There's a gap, outdoor gap between the carriages. There's an old-fashioned steam train. If you don't know what that's like, watch Paddington 2. You'll enjoy it. Uh, he goes through the carriage, out the back of the carriage. There's nothing else out there. No. There's nothing. What does he do then? But go on the roof of the train! Well, having been pointed to where it is by the lonely boy, that he was yeah. like, where the fuck do they go? And the lonely boy points to the ladder. Yeah. He uh, climbs to the top of the train, um, and he can see them in the distance. He can see the conductor's light. And he's like, oh, no, come back, I've got the ticket! Um, but it doesn't work. No. He walks along. Who's there? It's Hobo Tom Hanks, baby! <laughs> Um, so we saw Hobo Tom Hanks uh, briefly when the uh, uh, ticket is flying t- underneath the train. So apparently he sleeps under the train, uh, but also has a campfire on top of the train. A ghost, but also is a ghost. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so he, he does a little chat to him, um, uh, and it sort of offers him coffee, discusses the existence of Santa Claus to him. He was like, and also there might be ghosts that exist. Has a little chat with him, uh, and then they're like, "Oh shit, tunnels coming. Better fucking get going." Hops on, hops on some skis, mm-hmm. of course. Let's ignore physics in this film. Um, and he skis along the roof. Jamie, a uh, uh, notorious stickler for physics. Yes, uh, especially in animated films. Well, no, of course. Uh, you know, once again, uh, if look, if you weren't impressed by those astronauts <laughs> in Apollo 13 getting back into Earth with no power, you weren't impressed by these folks going down a train. Yeah, uh, so he skis along, and then the, the um, uh, tunnel is about to come up, yeah. and uh, Herbert Tom Hanks is like, you gotta jump, kid. When I say jump, you jump. Uh, and then he and then uh, he says jump. He jumps and disappears. Yes. Uh, and then kid jumps in some coal. In some coal, goes fluddling down into mm-hmm. the engine bay, and he's there with um, the girl. She's actually not been thrown off the train because, of course, um, she's instead uh, driving the train. At this yes. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the the two. Um, People who two are, engineers two are, engineers at, the front, are uh, at the front trying to fix the headlight, and she's mm. like, look, they told me to look after the brakes. Um, and then the guys at the front are like, Caribou! There's some caribou! Why the fuck do they not just call them reindeer? They're fucking reindeer, but are whatever. They North American, I think if they're in <coughs> North America, the native North America, I think they call caribou there. They're, they're fucking reindeer. Oh, I'm Nut up, Phil. Oh, <laughs> imperialist <laughs> Jamie! But clearly the point is that they're supposed to be reindeer like Santa's reindeer. Why do we call it uh, one of them a grizzly bear and one of them a Kodiak bear? They're the same type of bear. I've never heard the word Kodiak bear in my life. Really? Oh, well, no. Look it up. Um, look cool. it up! No. Um, so, so, they're yeah. like, pull on the brake. Yeah. And um, she's like, oh, I, I think it was this one, but I'm not really sure. Is it this one? She's a dick. Like, he's a dick. He's like, is it not this big one that looks like a brake? And she's like, no. And she's like, he's like, are you sure? And she's like, I don't think so. He's like, are you sure it's not this big one? And she's like, I don't know. He's about to pull the wrong one. He's about to pull the wrong one. He's about to pull the wrong one. But the last second, 
He takes her advice. Yeah. Pulls the right one. Yeah. He stops for a mansplain, breaks to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and managed to stop uh, just before uh, the reindeer. Uh, the conductor comes out. Again, he's not happy. He's like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, fucking, oh, made my train stop. Don't you know that you're five minutes late? We're five minutes to midnight. we got to get there quick. And then he's like, hey, the reindeer. I didn't want to hit the fucking reindeer. I was like, oh. Honestly, I had this question. Right. I watched this with Alyssa, or she, uh, our friend Grace. And at this point, I asked... How many reindeer do we think it could have gone through before the train would have stopped? Because <laughs> um, I think the I, infinite. Well, here's my thing. I think after least the first twenty reindeer, the rest of the reindeer would get the message and leave. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, I, the corpses yeah, of their friends. Yeah, but I guess were, that would have been a little. To be fair, I think there are many points in this uh, film where death would have been a good addition, uh, but it still would be a bit dark for um, uh, for a kids' film. Um, so yeah, they um, pull on the beard of one of the. Um, uh, engineers and he makes a big animal noise and the caribou get the message and then get the fuck out of the way um, they then are travelling through um, and eventually they end up on an ice field yes. of uh, sorts um, <laughs> contracts have been frozen over Yeah, it's it's very barren it's a glacier uh, yes. you can hit it and they're skidding about oh, I, b- I believe at some point we, we see something like something goes wrong with the engine and it makes them accelerate too quickly anyway yeah, uh, so uh, they a, are, pin, a pin falls loose and yes. therefore it continues um, to accelerate. Yeah, uh, and so they end up on a uh, uh, on the frozen lake, fucking drifting left and right. It's it's the Fast and the Furious yes. uh, snow uh, and and and, uh, and uh, well, so half of this film is dedicated to them being on a train. Yeah, um, and as we are learning by this point. Um, if you try to create tension on a train, mm-hmm. uh, there's two tensions. Train go too quick, train no go quick enough. <laughs> so in the second time that we've had to have a solution yeah. to train go too quick, they just pull on the fucking brake I, and it stops. I think you're forgetting the other type of tension that can happen on a train, which is someone dies on a train, okay? That immediately, yes. as uh, non-stop, that film with Liam Neeson, and uh, also they're taking a pedal on one, two, three, or uh, Murder on the Orient Express, Jess, maybe this film, as you mentioned, could have been uh, given a bit more pace, you know, with a good old-fashioned yes. murder of one of um, those children. So they pull the brakes, children, and they end up, they end up stopped and turned around. Yes. Um, at this point, they're like, oh, thank God we're safe. And then they see that the ice behind them is starting to crack. And so they, they pull it in reverse. <laughs> and then if you've ever watched a, a driving movie yeah, yeah. and you've seen like Vin Diesel yeah. reversing down a road <laughs> and then suddenly he slams the, slams the handbrake on, spins round and, and starts driving forward in what you think is impossible to do in a car. Mm-hmm. What's them do this in a fucking train? He throws the handbrake down, whips it round, and they start going forwards again. At this point, the back of the train... <laughs> the back of the train is falling in the water. Now, reminder that the poor lonely boy at the back of the train is drowning. He's drowning. He's just fucking drowning. <laughs> but we don't cut back to the kids no. in the back of the train. We're just looking up front. We're where they are just about surviving because the front of the train is still on top. These kids are drowning in the back. Small boy, bitch boy. Real it's sorry. Just, like I said, death would have been better if they just went to the back of the train. It's just a floating corpse of this poor boy. Like, oh shit, that's what you get for not joining people up front. 
Um, but yeah, they're doing they, fine. They, they they managed to get out. <laughs> no one drowns uh, at this point. Um, the was like, whew, close one." Uh, begins taking the girl and the boy uh, back to the back of the train, right, with the rest of the kids. Yeah, uh, I, I believe actually during that little sequence, at some point, there's a bit where. Um, they almost fall off the train and Hero Boy saves them, but he's actually saved by the ghost of the hobo. Um, yes. That may be later. Or I think he might be saved by Tom Hanks. One of the two. It, he's saved by the hobo think, Tom Hanks. He's saved it. by hobo Tom Hanks and then he disappears. I think so. Uh, but yeah, so they go back uh, to... There's a, there's a bit where I think we missed over it, but I think just before the glacier, when they're going at top pace, they basically do a roller coaster. Yeah. It goes up, it goes down, they kind of fly all around, by, around the place. I think that's... Yeah, when, when, hobo, when hobo Tom yeah. Hanks saved him. Um, uh, also... As they uh, return to the passenger car, uh, the boy is taunted by Herbert Tom Hanks again with yes, the Scrooge, Scrooge puppets. Uh, basically, what the boy is being taunted for is his skepticism. The kind of uh, the the hobo is like, uh, "You're going to end up miserable and sad and alone, like me, if you don't believe in Santa Claus." Yeah, um, and uh, fine. We have a, a little sequence. Um, again, I can't remember when in this sequence it is, but I believe it's when they're racing through the ice, uh, where, uh, she can't find her ticket and say, oh, don't worry, I've got it, takes it out, and suddenly it falls, and we get another sequence yeah, yeah. of the fucking ticket flying through the air, but, like, a little bit out of their reach, for, like, ten seconds. No, I know, and also... It's, it's just spinning round for really ten seconds, and just going, uh, uh, I want to reach it. It's perfectly within their reach, they're just failing to try hard yes. enough, okay? Um, and then they grab it. So, they've got the ticket back, uh, Tom Hanks' character punches it, and uh, it's uh, L.E. again. Um, and, uh, and because Hero Boy is actually kind of a dick through this whole movie, he just goes, hey, that's the same as that annoying kid! And he's like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, which is actually the way the film plays out. Weird. Um, yeah. So anyway, they, they arrive at the North Pole. Oh no, no. Oh, they go uh, all the way back, and at some point, the uh, oh, the yes, young girl goes to talk to Lonely Boy. And she goes to Lonely Boy, and uh, she's looking outside, and they're seeing all the northern lights and the fireworks, and they're watching it, and she's like, "Christmas is the most magical time of the year," and the Lonely <laughs> Boy goes, "No, it isn't," and they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Christmas doesn't work out for me." And they're like, but it's so magical. You get to be with your family and all these presents. And clearly this kid is really fucking poor. Yeah. Santa has never been to his house. And she's yeah. like, it's the most magical time of the year. And he's like, not for me, it's not. I just can't trust in it. It's depressing. But important for the character. And, yeah. the- um, and they have a little song yeah. um, about about being lonely at Christmas. Now, Alexander. Yeah. I, I, I never want... I never desire... Uh, to be mean to children. These aren't played by children, so it's fine. Are they not? I mean, they're, they're, at least at least one of them is uh, physically done by. Well, no, the, but the voices. Oh, yeah, I mean, voices, specifically sure, the sure. voices. Um, these kids aren't good singers. The it, it's oh, uh, definitely she is an she, adult. She, she's uh, well, either she's way, definitely either way, not good singers. It's it's a weird decision to me yeah. to decide to have music in your film. Yeah. And and songs in your film, like fine, Tom Hanks can't I, fucking sing, and it doesn't, and it makes for a weird song earlier. This is supposed to be a song. This yes. is an actual song, and it's actually yes. sung, and it's not good. At this point, I feel it really necessary uh, in what may be the longest podcast ever uh, to call in a special guest. Okay. Okay. One second. I'm just gonna gonna give it a wee call. Okay. Cool. I'm just gonna put this on speaker as well. Good. One second. That's not on speaker. There we go. Hello. Hello, it's Alan Jamie. You're on Hanks Bank. Hi, Alyssa. Oh my goodness! Wow. 
I can, see what's really jarring about this yeah. is I can hear Alyssa upstairs Super. about half a second before it comes out of the phone. Yes, it's quite creepy. Uh, so, Alyssa, fun fact: you have two connections uh, to the movie uh, The Polo Express. Do you not? I do have two connections. So, the f- would you elaborate on that, or if you yes, do please, you are a special guest. Okay, so the first one is the less exciting one, which is that. I think, and this is more of a think, I'm not verified, but I think the author of the book, The Polar Express, is from Winnipeg. Um, whether or not he is, he definitely knows my aunt, so I have a signed copy of the book, which is quite cool. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm not very entertaining, but... <laughs> I would agree. Please move on. <laughs> the second one, which might be more entertaining, is that as a small child, I was determined to make it as a, as a child actor. Um, and as such, they were doing voice auditions for assorted, just like random train children. None of the big parts. Um, and I went to the audition for assorted train children and was so shy and quiet that I don't think I said a single word. So <laughs> did not make the cut for the film, uh, nor any other voice acting auditions that I did. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic to learn. I do. I, I dare say, Alyssa, um, your silence probably would have been better than some of the performances of some of these children in this film. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. The important thing is, uh, do you have any proof that Tom Hanks is a dick? Uh, did you meet Mr. Hanks? Uh, do you have anything you can say about uh, whether or not he is an asshole? As yeah, I mean, you might, be, you might be surprised to know that Tom Hanks wasn't at the auditions for assorted voice children. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So I did not meet him and have no comment, but I am sure he is lovely. Thanks for listening. Right, thank you. Bye. Um, well, I mean, considering um, we have previous history of uh, Tom Hanks getting a kid fired from yeah, a fucking you know, film before. All in I'm going to say Seattle. is Tom Hanks is why Alyssa wasn't starring in that movie. All right. Well, it'd be good because he would have been bullied. She would have been bullied within I, an inch of her life. I here's my, I, so on on what you said. I think uh, casting agents the last specifically. I, I honestly think it's Game of Thrones or a little bit before then have gotten much, much better at casting child actors. I think there used to be a call for uh, child actors to basically be, uh, if you've seen the film, once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, like the child actor there, right? Quite precocious, quite, uh, you know, professional business kind of thing quite early on. And you get these really weird stilted performances out of it. Um, this is not meant to be slagging off the kid. I'm sure he gave his best. Uh, the film Valentine's Day, the child in that, is the most precocious child actor in any film ever who does not really act like a six-year-old or yeah. a five-year-old I mean, does anything. We, we and noticed like, this with some of the TV shows, like when we watched yeah. um, uh, Happy Days or stuff Family like that. Family Ties as well. Family Ties, yeah. Where the kids are shit. But either way, there are kids who can sing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, definitely. just get someone who can fucking go, sing. Go to Les Mis, find whoever's playing Eponine. And then, yeah, just get know, someone who can fucking Eponine, sing. Um, so, yeah. It, yeah, the, the, the song here's not good. Um, so... They have that song, then they arrive in uh, the North Pole. Yeah. Um, It's magical. Yes. Uh, So it's revealed that uh, one of the passengers will be the person chosen to receive the first gift of Christmas. And all the kids in the world. Yes. That's why they've come here. Santa needs to pick who's going to get the first gift of Christmas. Um, Tom Hanks, the conductor, puts them in line two by two. Uh, they look back and they say, well, what about Lonely Boy? And they look back and Lonely Boy has decided to go back onto the train. He doesn't want to go see Santa because, like he says, Christmas doesn't work out for me. They're not having this. Boy and girl, they think this is complete nonsense. 
Uh, they go back on the train to try and help him, but as they go on, they accidentally hit the hinge. And uncouple the the, um, the train cart, and yeah. so it gets sent uh, to Santa's workshop. Um, yeah. Like, like a uh, horrific sequence where it's falling backwards, uh, going off wildly. At some point, they have to just walk over the train tracks over a massive ravine. Yeah. Uh, just standing on these iron bars, and I'm like, oh, God, this is not yeah. working. Um, and they end up essentially in the gift sorting uh, of it. Oh, no, uh, in the... Uh, naughty nice the, the naughty or nice uh, segment where we see some elves um, deciding over whether uh, a kid should be naughty yes. or nice. He he says live action. The, the, the yes, kids yeah, that- the kids are live action. So we get a. Um, uh, we're told that a kid like put some gum in his sister's hair. Does that mean he's naughty? It's pretty close to. And this time these uh, elves all, do actually all sound like this. They yeah. are all like, "Hey, gruff oh, New York accent." Oh, we're teamsters. Hey, hey, it's pretty close to Christmas. Should we let the big guy know about this one? And they're like, "Hey, let's let him off. He's, yeah, let's shut it down. We're done for Christmas." Um, driving home for Christmas. Uh, uh, and then yeah, so they go drive home for Christmas, and then uh, the kids. Continue on that journey, mm-hmm. and they end up uh, in a gift sorting office, uh, yes. ending up on uh, in the big sack full of presents. Well, they, first of all, they end up on a conveyor belt. Yes, uh, in which they see kind of the last gift go through. They check it. The uh, the boys like, wait, uh, oh hi, oh that's my. It's not her. I think it's Michigan. Um, that's my hometown. And the other kid looks over and he's like. Wait, that's my address. That gift's for me. Yeah, it's for the poor kid. It's for the um, poor kid. And and we're going, we're going <laughs> and, to this. And, and so. This child, yes. who has never, Had ever received life. a present, definitely not a Christmas present, maybe never no. a present in his entire life, is like, I want to open it. And then Hero Boy notices that it's, uh, that, or Hero Boy and Hero Girl notice that it says, uh, don't open till Christmas or whatever. And Hero Boy just goes, well... Sorry. Those are the rules. <laughs> so um, he looks he looks this kid in the eye and he's like, no fucking fun till Christmas. I know you're poor. I know you're sad. I don't give a shit. You dare fucking be happy in front of me before 25th of December. I'm going to fucking punch you in the face. It was at this point where, or maybe a little bit before, where um, Alyssa, uh, who's Jewish, uh, asked the question whether or not uh, Lonely Boy also was Jewish and that was why he never had any Christmas <laughs> like Christmas uh, which is never really answered by the film and I think that's uh, them missing out we really could have done with that yes um, so they end up on this th- they agree not to open it because <laughs> they're in the giant sack they're in the giant sack looks just- like a massive testicle yes 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 a lumpy lumpy testicle uh, and they're trying to escape over the top uh, but then the Just Lonely Boy top. gets caught he's, he's being pulled back down Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like, what the hell? They try to pull him up, and he gets pulled back down oh again. Oh, my God, I'm going to get bored again. I don't want any good socks. Oh, my God, I got an underwear. Oh, I wanted more gifts. Why didn't I get more gifts? Yeah, it's the annoying kid for some fucking reason pulling him down. He's opened his gifts, then fucking underwear. He's not happy about it. So um, technically, he got the first gift for Christmas. Yes. Um, but uh, so then they uh, get launched up into the air. This yeah. is how the sack of presents is uh, put onto the sleigh. So they get launched up into the air mm-hmm. and are getting slowly lowered down towards uh, yep. the the main town area where the rest of the kids and the conductor are and the rest of the elves. It almost hits the um, the Christmas tree, but the elves fucking bungee rope down. They save it. No, they don't bungee rope. The elves yeet themselves yeah, off to, to, to make the, it lighter. Yes. They jump off and parachute These are down. Paratrooper elves. Yes. Right? It's a very um, militaristic operation. So they avoid the tree but knock over the uh, star. At which point. Fucking bungee elves yeet themselves down, catch the star, and yep. throw it back onto the top of the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty fucking dope. Um, 
uh, and then they're all waiting. They're all waiting for Santa. Um, and they can hear the rainbow, uh, reindeer and they can hear the jingling bells. And one jingling bell falls off and it slowly rolls. Well, and this oh. is, uh, so this is very important. We haven't mentioned this. Up until now, the kids have been navigating themselves. Well, two of the kids have been navigating themselves by the sound of bells. They say, hey, can't you hear the bells? And that's how they get from the train to the uh, naughty and I section. That's how they get into the, uh, all the sections. They're following the sound of the Christmas bells. But the main boy, hero boy, can't hear the bells. Nor yes. can we. We, do, we can't hear it. So he's there. Santa's come out, like you said. All these reindeer. The, the reindeer are having to be holed down by the elves because they're just ready to fly away. One of these bells breaks off. And the kid is looking at this, and he's really upset because he can't hear the bells. Doesn't ring even as it's rolling towards him. No, he can't, it's just a kind of slow metal clank. And he's, why isn't it working for me? Why isn't it working for me? And he picks it up. Santa's kind of walking across. He can't see Santa either. And he's really gutted. And he's ringing to his ear, and he's ringing he, to his so ear. So he's, ho- he's holding onto the bell, and he's, yeah, and he's shaking. shaking. Nothing, he's nothing. His feet. nothing, nothing. And he closes his eyes, and he says, I believe, I believe, I believe. And he's shaking it. And he can start to hear the bell. And he can start to hear all the bells. And he looks up, and there's Santa Claus, Father Christmas. Now I know this is a nitpick, Al. But do you know how bells work? Yeah. If, if you hold on to the bell part and shake it, yeah. it will not make a noise. It will not ring. Yeah, you have to hold it. The... You have to hold it by, yeah. the, by the fucking string. It's a magic bell. I, but... <laughs> It's no, just really, it's really annoying me. He can't hear it when he's not touching no, it. Yeah, but he can't. But it's just really annoys me. He's fucking cl- clamping his fingers onto it, and it should be making a little tick, 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 tick noise because that. that's what. But it, it rings, and it annoyed me more than it should. But he's just fucking taking it. I'm like, a bell wouldn't ring. And also, very importantly, everyone in the films rings it like this. Yes, his parents yeah. who should know better also yeah. like, well, it doesn't ring yeah. later yeah. on. Yeah. It's um, fine. So yeah, it, it annoyed me more than it should. And and. and uh, Father Christmas goes, uh, do you call him Father Christmas? Or do you call him Santa, Chris Kringle? Me personally, I yeah. call him Santa. Cool. I I think deeper in my childhood, I call him Father Christmas. I think TV taught me to call him Santa Claus, but I think if I were to like get him the head, I think I'd call him Father Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. Uh, he's, like, I believe, he's like, oh, I, you believe what? It's Tom it's, Hanks, it's, guys. It's Tom Hanks so desperately trying to not sound like Tom or, Hanks. Or I assume maybe voice modulated lower. Yes. Um, He's like, what do you believe? And the kid's like, oh, crap, I've stolen from Santa. I believe this is yours, sir. And he gives him the belt back. And Santa Um, says, thank you. And uh, Santa ends up picking this boy. Well, well, first of all, he's like, I need to pick the first kid of Christmas. And uh, Noel's like, oh, what about me? me, No, he looks to the clear winner of this game, which should be Lonely Boy. The kid who's never had a gift before at Christmas, who should maybe get the fucking first gift of the year, because he's so destitute. Yes. It's cruel when he goes, no. He kind of, uh, he says something along the lines of, ah, oh, shoot, you've made some friends. I was like, okay, whatever. He goes to a hero girl and he's like, ah, oh, you have the spirit of Christmas. Again, making her more deserving of Christmas yes. gift than this boy. And he's like, another boy comes up. He goes on his sleigh, the boy sits on his knee. Earlier in the film, it's mentioned how the boy uh, didn't sit on, uh, it, was at, it was at a pivotal age. He needed, they needed to take on the Polo Express this year, because this year was the year he didn't sit on at Santa's, the kind of Santa's knee at the mall, and he uh, hasn't been buying until the Christmas stuff. And he kind of goes up and he sits on Santa's knee, which he didn't do, uh, we hear he didn't do beforehand. And Santa says, what do you want for Christmas? 
And the boy thinks for a second. He does think properly. And he leans into Santa's ear. And he says... We can't hear it. And Father Christmas goes, Of course! And he reaches down and he pulls out the bell. And he goes, The first gift of Christmas! And he, and he gives him this bell and it's a very magical thing. He's going to talk about how it's uh, very special. And the kid puts it in his right-hand pocket, the pocket with a hole in it, and then hops off. They all get back on the train. Can, by the way, can we accept yeah. that this is a fucking shit gift? Yeah, no, bell. you could have been like, oh, it's not going to be out for 30 years, but can I have an Xbox 360? And he doesn't ask for it. Yeah, but, no, well, the, the, the bell's a shit gift. But I, I, also, I believe it's because he now really believes, right? And, yes, and it's yeah. proof of his belief. Yes. Uh, I would also like to say that it is not made clear up until this point that the only fucking reason all these kids are brought out is so that one of them can get picked to get the first present of Christmas and the rest of them can go fucking screw. Yeah. They just went on and came here. They're going to no- be Father Christmas. Oh, they're going to be Father Christmas. Who fucking gives a shit? Like, it's just... Santa brings them all out here to go, you're the best one. The rest of you fucking suck. Go home. It's mean. I get. I, I mainly think it's mean because they're least deserving child. Like the, the second least deserving child. Oh, equals up to squared guy kid is least deserving. Then it's this kid who beforehand was trying to persuade his sister that Santa's not real. What yeah. a dick. Uh, no, they, they clearly they pick the wrong child, whatever, fine. Gets back on the train, he checks in his pocket, and they go, let's see the bell. It's not there. Falling out the fucking hole, of course out. it has. Yeah. Uh, as the kind of, uh, beforehand when they were leaving, uh, Mick Jagger, an elf form was playing. And- uh, it's not Mick Jagger, it's, um, oh, fuck, now you're going to, oh, fuck you. Do you know what it was? It, it's not Mick Jagger. It's not Mick Jagger. It's, um. Keith Richards? Uh, Ramones? No. Oh fuck you! Now I'm gonna have to look it up. I hate you. Oh, okay. Uh, I, w- this, I hate me too. That's you're you're the person that's supposed to do this. You're the fucking. Um, I thought it was my Jagger, so I didn't. No, you're the star- you're the film context, dickhead. Ah, oh, god damn it! Ah, oh, I'm on IMDb, but he's not in the first fucking. I need to see more. Where is he? Where is he? Fucking Steven Tyler. Jesus Christ. Oh, for God's sake. Steven, yes, Steven Tyler Steven also Tyler. looks a fair bit like Mick Jagger, so it's fine. But yeah, yeah so they I, both I, look like fucking rotting corpses of each other. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Steven Tyler is the like lead lead singer elf. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot to say my fucking favourite moment in this film, yeah. um, which is when they're saying. I was going to say, I love that we're not like rated for parental guidance. We swear so oh, much. So much. Um... um when they're being saved from the sack of presents, the elves are pulling them out. And again, these all elves talk like this. They've been smoking cigs for 80 goddamn years and they only live for 40. Uh, and he just, one of the elves holds his hand out and goes, don't worry, you can trust me. <laughs> after, after he throws one of the kids down, yeah. he is like to, uh, oh my God, I can't go down here. Um, he just kicks him down, and yeah. then and then everyone else is like, "Okay, we'll trust you, Will." Don't oh. worry, you can do. Yeah, anyway, it's um, fine. So they're on the train back. He's lost his uh, bell. He's sad about yeah. it. Uh, they drop off uh, poor kid first. Uh-huh. Oh no! We, uh, sorry, the resolution to the tickets thing. Uh, before they get on the train home, yeah. um, he re-stamps their tickets and he completes their words. Um, for the kid, it for their know-it-all kid, it's learn. Um, uh, and yeah. they go, "What the hell does that mean? What does learn mean? I learn everything." It's like. Oh, well, have you learned the right thing? Yeah, I have. Okay, good. And he gets on the train. Um, for the girl? I think he says... Uh, does not, uh, it does say learn... 
Lean something? Does he read it? Doesn't he? Read oh, it wrong? he reads it wrong. Yeah, he has his. Oh, he's got over. double. He reads his it. Over oh, the lean. He's like, oh, and basically the kid learns humility, right? Like he, yeah. he learns to be a bit more respectful. He responds to respect his elders, and, yeah. and he becomes um, nicer immediately upon learning this. Yes, um, because he's like, oh, lean. I what the hell does that mean? Well, it actually says learn. Maybe you didn't get that right. Oh, I didn't get that right. Thank Sorry. you. Um, yeah. That's good. Uh, That's a very good impression of him. Yeah. Um, the uh, the girl gets girl. lead. Yeah. L e a d. Because he's, he's like learned. lead, like a lead balloon. That's the most. Yeah, it's so like, but yeah going down like a fucking water. lead balloon. Um, that was a dog joke. I apologize. No. Um, so yeah, she learned uh, her lesson is to lead. Yeah. Um, I the 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 um, the poor boy is. Uh, it's not. Is it trust? Oh, it's like a whole bunch no, of words. It, it, it's like it's, a magical one. It's that's like, like rely on, rely trust on, in. trust in, etc. Um, and and, he's like, and the conductor one. goes, "That's a special ticket, isn't it? So have you learned that?" You can trust us to get you home. I don't understand this kid's fucking lesson at all. No. Like, what? He's supposed to... Like, his issue, it seems to suggest that the reason he didn't have friends was because he didn't believe in other people. Or, or he trust, trust in other people. But, oh, you can trust in us. And then they take... Well, okay, and then the, the other kid's one is... Um, his his one is belief. It was B. I mean, no, you could guess that from B. Um, so, yeah, the kid... Um, the poor kid then gets taken home, dropped off first, uh, and, and, and there's, there. so there's a gift there, which is nice for him. But he's—they're like, "Oh, you can trust on us. You have friends now." No, he fucking doesn't. They drop him off. They leave him alone by himself. Well, well, well great. He gets one fucking present. To, to be fair, he's in the same town, at very least, as the other kids. And maybe hypothetically, and you know, he, they kind of meet up in the future. I don't like, get I, the journey I, of this kid. I don't get the message about this child. I, I think it's muddled. Yes, um, and then yeah, he's all sad about uh, not having the bell. Um, he, uh, oh, how does he gets the bell back? How does he get it back? So, so no, no. Let me let me set this up. I, I yeah. do know how it works. Um, so there are a couple things. One, he's getting off. He's at his home. Truck conducts like time to get off, and they kind of uh, the uh, oh my god, kids like uh, well, you know, it's, the, it's the shaving by your bell, but it's the thought that counts. And he, can, uh, he leaves. Uh, he and the hero girl kind of uh, hug it out. Um, they say some nice words to each other. Uh, the conductor is outside. The conductor kind of looks in, but he, he, he doesn't really want to, uh, you know, intrude. But also, he's like, oh my god, they're taking all their time. They get off. He goes inside. And obviously, he's seen Lonely Boy get his gift. So he goes inside, looks on the tree. Nothing's there. And he's like, oh, that's a shame. Goes to bed, falls asleep. Wakes up. In the morning, he... Gets up, he kind of runs over, and his coat, his his house coat, his dressing gown, it catches on his bed, like he did the night before, and it rips open. And he puts his hand through, and he's like, wait a second, that's weird. They go downstairs, and it's kind of a montage of them opening the gifts. I don't really montage, but just kind of showing them opening the gifts. He's got a train, his sister has a doll or something, and his sister finds one last present under the tree. And so she goes, and she picks up the present, and she's like, hey, it's from you. And he kind of looks at it, and it says... Uh, I found this on the floor of my sleigh or something, Mr. C. And he opens it, and it's the bell. And his dad's like, oh, that's really pretty. Who sent you that? And he picks it up and he shakes it. His dad can't hear anything. Dad can't hear anything. His mom can't hear anything. They're like, well, that's a shame. Sorry, Buster. They kind of give it back to him. But he and his sister can both hear the bell. And they put it down. They kind of go off to church or somewhere. And then Tom Hanks, doing doing Tom Hanks' voice, the kind of future boy, uh, talks about how the fact that over the years, uh, one by one, his friends stopped being able to hear the bell. And even one day, his sister eventually couldn't hear the bell. 
but never for him. He always could hear the bell. For those who truly believed, the bell never stopped ringing. That's the end of the film. Yeah, so... I guess we'll go into uh, our ratings. So, yes. for those of us who haven't... Uh, those of us who haven't heard this those, podcast I, I hate... Uh, this is uh, always my first episode, too. It's my, it's my first episode, whatever number this is, as well. Um, we rate based on four criteria in uh, these episodes. One, of course, is how good is the thing, all right? How good is it, no matter what? Out of five, can go higher than five, because no. fuck it. Yeah, we we rated, some, yeah, some we've, we've rated things six. Yeah, um, but, but that it's rare to go into six. Yes, it's, it is it's rare only to one to five. Six. Um, how good is Tom Hanks in this thing? This is a rating of his performance. Uh, this is just an insane number. It goes up. It goes down. Um, the Tom Hanks dick meter. How much of a dick we think the characters Tom Hanks plays in this? Yes, is. because we believe that uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, in the first parts of his career starts plays dicks, dicks and then eventually becomes America's dad and that slowly wanes away so we're trying to track that numerically sure. uh, that can go negative uh, it can go positive it can go I think the highest we've gone to is a 7 the lowest thing we've yeah. gone to is a minus, minus 5, five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last one of course is the Hanks Bank uh, whether this goes in our Hanks Bank whether we're going to show it to the aliens to prove our worth to them to join the United States of Space and save humanity out of all of Tom Hanks's 90 whatever movies which ones do we think are the most worthy of being watched again by you uh, and the aliens and the aliens of course don't ever forget the aliens right Jamie uh, what do you think about this movie uh, this film isn't good it just isn't there's a there, there are okay there are some good things about this film I think the animation outside of the people is quite good there's some really nice um, stuff that still hands up sure. on environmental effects um I think Tom, obviously I'll get into Tom Hanks' performance, but all the Tom Hanks characters are generally quite good fun. But the film is not good. The message is jumbled uh, on many of the characters. Uh, The animation of the people, like, we'll we'll harp on it lots, but it's it's not good. It, 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 It can be, at points, uncomfortable to watch these dead, dead children. Um... And even on the main character, the journey I don't like, because what 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 it is to me is a something that it, it's something that my flatmate pointed out to me because we watched this together. This is clearly based off a children's book, and children's books aren't that fucking long. So when you take a children's book and have to add a whole fuckload to the middle. Because the beginning and the end of the children's book has a very clear message, oh, doesn't believe, believes. But you have to add a whole bunch of shit in the middle that kind of is incongruous and doesn't really relate to the rest of the story. So the journey of the main character is one of, I don't believe in Christmas, and I don't believe in Santa too. I believe in Santa. But we don't really see him have that journey. The middle of the film, other than his couple of conversations with the hobo, aren't really one of him having to tackle his non-belief of Christmas and having to come round to believing in Christmas. The whole journey with the elves and whatever, it's just fun little side adventures. It's not us watching him suddenly grow to believe in Christmas. So I think they, they have to include a bunch of filler content in the middle, which does whatever, but there's not really a journey in this film for me, for the main character. There is a beginning and an end, a non-belief and a belief. Um, Having said that, I enjoyed watching it. But I enjoyed watching it because I enjoyed making fun of it. Um, and there were lots of silly bits. 
So as a film, uh, I'm going to give it a two. I, I, it's, it's, if I'm rating it as a film, I do not think it is a good film. Okay, so I'm going to, as is a time-honored tradition. Uh, disagree. Hanks, man, uh, disagree. As right, always. Um, I have probably watched this film, I don't even think the entire film, uh, but I've watched bits of it before, right? But I, I probably, it's been Christmas, I walk into a room, someone's watching it, and I watched two-thirds of it probably, I think, maybe watched the entire thing once probably. Um, I, I doubt even that. I didn't, before yesterday, have any strong positive themes toward it. If anything, I mainly knew it as being the film which everyone was like, oh, The Uncanny Valley and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's fair. I think um, the fact that uh, outside the main character, who I think is okay, I, I think especially uh, the conductor and is a really well... Uh, I think a lot of the... Bit, a lot of the, the what feels a lot of the care went into the conductor as a, as a, yeah. a, a, a body and as a performance and that kind, of, that kind of stuff. And maybe some of the younger characters don't get the same level of uh, love. I, look, again, as always, and, and I, I think this speaks for both of us, we don't make movies. We know it's really tough. When we say it's crap, that means we as people watching it, I'm sure you'll put it, if, if anyone ever making it listens to this, we know you put in lots of love and care. But this is us watching it. Yeah. Um... But sure, yeah, I, I, I get it. Times, but especially the hero girl character, it doesn't feel great on her. No. Like her eyebrows, the hair, like the animation on her is atrocious. Yeah, it does. It generally does feel like a uh, character in a cutscene, like a side, not not even cutscene, a side character you speak to, not in a cutscene in a video game. Yeah, um, who doesn't even get kind of cutscene level attention? And like again, I think part of that is probably down to the fact that they had to do this in mocap, like. Sure, fair enough, and to which Robert Zemeckis said at the time, like, look, we couldn't make this live action because it'd be like a billion dollars at the time. Sure, I get that. I do think, and I was saying this to uh, the people I was with, I think I'd like this film even more. If you could take maybe even the same voice performances, or similar voice performances, and just reanimate it today, yeah. and give it to Pixar, or even, yeah. even give it to Illumination, who are, I think, studio who are have a hit a lot of hits and a lot of misses but I have a lot of visual fun too and I, yeah. think, I think they would do great with a thing like the Polo Express I think Zemeckis uh, is interesting in that he um, does some stuff with uh, the camera in terms of his animation which I don't think at this point a lot I'd seen in kind of some other animations he does shoot it like a director shoots it which I like Tom Hanks from making the set it reminded him of uh, making a film in the um, doing a play in the round almost which I is an interesting idea to me so I'd, I'd be interested to even see a documentary about how they made this for me I said earlier my favourite favorite Christmas movie is It's One for Life and I think that stands true my second favourite movie and my third favourite Christmas film are uh, Muppets Christmas Carol and um uh Miracle on 34th Street, uh, but specifically the remake of Miracle on 34th Street starring Richard Attenborough and also starring um, the wee girl from Matilda, whose name I can't remember. So apologies, I know you're very interesting and cool person. The the message of those is roughly the same. Also, uh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Land of Witch and Wardrobe has a similar thing, which is, uh, not the Land of Witch and Wardrobe, but definitely the Chronicles of Narnia, which is, it is important to believe in stuff that we can't see in. You know, Santa Claus and that, almost, they kind of, they have to go to court to prove Santa's existence. And the belief in Santa is uh, something which which improves the life of all these characters in that film, right? Whether or not Santa came for them, the idea that you can believe in something that's intangible, because it is, you know, whether or not it's the religious aspect of the metaphor, which can be very much like, you can believe in it. Santa is a godlike figure. You, can you believe in a god without seeing it? All that kind of stuff. Belief as an idea, it's very much examined in this. But also love, also... 
the idea that there are things we cannot touch, but that they exist. And goodwill and cheer and honesty, all those kind of things are intangible but important. Um, and they, are, I, I do, I do think they are better done in something like uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I think they are better, definitely better done in Muppets Christmas Carol, which I love very deeply. But even that, right? It's about how the spirit of Christmas can be a really is an important thing that enriches our lives. And I, do, I don't think I, this film touches either either those two levels. What I do think this film does is, I really loved it visually. Um, in terms of, like I said, maybe not in terms of the the character models, yeah, no. but in terms of, I found I, I know you didn't like that sequence of the thing, but actually there are bits of it where you know I I, I gasped, I was like, oh, you know, I I loved the animation, I that did get me. Um, I didn't love the character model for Santa, but the message at the end, See, I did Sa- like. Santa is weirdly oh he's, skinny, he's skinny. But not skinny, but enough. his face is skinny, yeah, yeah. but his body isn't right. fat enough. Look, Santa went to the gym a couple times this year and isn't that fat. Santa needs he, to put on some... He, he almost All seems right. like a someone who was previously fat yeah, and has lost, lost a bit of weight, but it doesn't quite sit on him so, right. Yeah, exactly, right? He's lost weight. He's not skinny, but you look at him and think, oh, you're skinny, although he's not. He's he's absence of the weight. Uh, I could even say Santa has a dad bod. He doesn't have no. a dad bod. He needs to go put on a few pounds. He's a weird looking I'm not Santa. sure why they decided to make Tom Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks Santa uh, skinny, but they did. Um, I really love the conductor in this. I love the hobo. I, I agree in the sense of... Uh, the, the arc is fairly shallow in terms of it doesn't go through the, the traditional movie arc of he, you know, he moves into a situation, he adapts to it, he becomes better, all that kind of stuff. And it definitely doesn't follow that kind of arc. No. But in the sense of, look, if you were to make a movie of the night before Christmas, that has a very shallow story to it. And yet as a, as a poem, as a, as a semi-poetic experience, I did act, surprisingly, like this. Now look, it might just be we're only what twenty one days away from Christmas. Oh, I'm wearing right. a Christmas jumper, add a couple of beers, and you know, add, add some old wine. Then and that made me like it more. But you know what? I didn't watch it on my phone as you requested, and I did like this. I did think it was good. I'd give it four stars. Four. That's so high for this film. It's not good. I think it's good. Uh, Tom Hanks' performance. I mean, look, I, I, may, I alluded to this earlier. This may be the uh, single greatest Tom Hanks film of all time. Um, like most most of my movies, my problem is never Tom Hanks, except for Amazing Monsters, in which case my problem was Tom Hanks. Um, so, so if you could say to me a film where, hey, they considered for a time having Tom Hanks play every single character, a film which Tom Hanks bought the rights for, got his mate to direct it, write it, all that kind of stuff, and then uh, uh, almost played every single character in it, and instead gives me se- how do I rate his performance when he gives seven performances? Um, this is uh, oh come on, it's seven performances, but three of them are Tom Hanks. <laughs> I, 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 I really like the hobo as a character. I thought the hobo was really no, well hobo done. Is good. I like the I love the conductor. I don't love Santa. I, uh, I thought the child. I, I actually, looking back, don't really understand why they had him do the child because no. you could just get a child to mocap and it would be better. Um, but I, those those two performances, the hobo and the conductor, which are pretty much central yeah. as as characters who push and pull the, the child. Can we discuss that? It's never established why the fuck the hobo is there and why he's so a ghost. The, the uh, Grace who was watching this with suggested that this is meant to be a Christmas Carol esque story, right? He is. They are both, and at, at times the conductor says, "I on my first train, I almost fell off, but so, but someone caught me or can't handle yeah. me and stuff." And I think. 
it's sort of alluded to they are both potential ghosts of Christmas yeah, future yeah, for him. Yeah. He could either become the conductor, someone who fully believes in Christmas, maybe even literally becomes the conductor, or um, become the, the hobo, someone who is uh, cynical and feels uh, empowered by the cynicality, but is incorporeal and, you know. But uh, so I, I think they are both potential ghosts of Christmas future. I think. Um, Al, I, I believe. Um you may be one of the worst reviews entries in the Halo series mm-hmm. because that was a reach. Oh, <laughs> whoa! Oh, uh, look, I can. I reach is one. Oh right, my god, we're not. Right. We're not getting into the Halo fucking Halo three. No. Halo two. Al, Halo Reach. Halo one. Uh, maybe Halo one before Halo two. Uh, Al, then you have Halo four. Uh, Al, then you have Halo ODST and then five, maybe five's got really good multiplayer. Al, the joke alone already alienated some of the audience. We did not need to Jamie, go further. Jamie wore about an hour and 30 minutes into this podcast. I think we've already alienated our audience. Fair. But we are a podcast all about aliens. So. That's true. Hey! But yeah, no, like, I, sure. I can completely see that that is a reading, but it is also something that I feel you've done vaguely with the themes of this, where you found something and then almost written onto it something that you like about it without that actually no, being uh, there. Hey, look, any reading is just... Like, any reading of anything is just you looking at thing, interpreting what you feel from it, right? Like, it's... There are no... Like, a, a text is an unspeaking thing. You can... Absolutely, but there, there still can be, I think, taking something and extending it further to heighten it, uh, which I'm not saying no, I'm invalidates no, your I, experience, but I think sure, you are like, taking something... No, and make, what I'm saying is, like... Sorry, apologies. You're, you're taking something and making it more than what it is, which is making it more meaningful for you, but that doesn't make it as, like, in whatever the sense of, like, an objective sense of what art could, is, which could, is no, difficult, but, I, but no, like... I, I reject the idea there's any objective sense of art. I'm not saying that. Like, there's no real sense, but, like, you are taking something and making it wholly personal rather than taking something away you can you can okay. you can I, review okay. something if we're, if, a, we're look, if, a, if you want me to cite my sources and to point out where any christmas thing with ghosts in it generally speaking is going to come back to the original christmas story which is not the bible it is a christmas like a, a christmas carol yeah, that, is the, that is the, that's the central western text I, on christmas in the last 200 years of which when you have ghosts in a movie a ghost in a christmas story specifically one about taking someone from a state who is unbelieving to someone who's in a state of believing that is very much a parallel to a christmas carol i agree with you there but even if that is the case, then it's a poor allusion to it because no, there's only one of them. There's two. Uh, if, uh, there's apart, either, from, there's, apart from all the magical other beings in the thing, right? Like there's there's either there, but there's like, one there's one non-corporeal person. There's at least the conductor is magical. Santa we know is magical. Santa is also the, the third part of that trinity. Like the three adult figures in this whole thing are Santa, the hobo, and him. Aside for the, the, uh, the of whom we see their faces in it, one of whom is like present. One of whom is like a guy. Literally, they control time like in a Christmas Carol. There are many. I agree. You I, that it's not a one for one take. Obviously, it's based on a children's book. I think most of those, these parts of it are put in in the film rather than the not the not the novel, just the the, the storybook. But and again, that but as a reading, that is just a like again. That I, as I said, this wasn't even my reading. It's just something which you know someone said, and I was like, okay, I, I can see that. I regret making yes my joke. My joke. We've you made a joke and then you down. pushed on it. Uh, right. right. So, um, what are you giving Tom Hanks's performance? Uh, five. I really liked him in this. <laughs> five? Yeah, I liked him in it. Um, I'll, I'll give him... Christmas a- cheer, you Grinch! I'll give him a four. The only thing I'm dropping him one point for 
is not fucking playing every role in this That's film. True. Had he played this every film, role, I would have given him a absolutely, absolutely. This film would have been genuinely so much better because, like, in that I laughed at it, I feel like I could laugh at it and almost laugh with it more in it how ridiculous it is if he played every single role. Fair enough. Um, the Tom Hanks dick meter. This is a different one because he plays oh, so many different oh, roles. Five. Five? Yeah. The conductor... He plays Santa! Uh, Santa who picks the wrong child. First of all, the, f- <laughs> the first gift doesn't go to this kid. The first gift goes to the kid who steals stuff, which is bad. All right? They took better security. Santa's a dick. Second of all, Santa looks at the poor child who's bait. He doesn't even believe in Christmas because he is too poor to believe in Christmas. And he's like, nah, you fucker. He looks at the girl who embodies the spirit of Christmas and goes, nah, you son of a bitch. And he goes to this kid who just doesn't kind of believe in Christmas, but also now does. Doesn't he anyway need a gift? And goes, you deserve a gift, kid. Rich white kid. Sure. Not, the race is not obviously playing that aspect, but like, sure. I mean, you know what? Dick. So Santa and this is a dick. He's also skinny. I don't like skinny Santa. <laughs> uh, the hobo, definitely a dick, uh, tortures this kid. And uh, the conductor's like, we're running out of time, but they control time. Dick. <laughs> Five. He doesn't, he doesn't commit people to death. That's the only reason it's not a seven. <laughs> no torture, um, no like, murder. No torture, people. no murder, no death. Um, although we completely sh- agree should've, that should've uh, been, they should have been, been torture, murder, and death. Yeah, it would have made this film better. Lonely boy should have drowned. <laughs> um, I'm going to give him a three. Like, generally, they're, they're energies of good. Uh, I, I agree with you that, that, yeah, there are some dickish behaviours in there, but they're fucking Santa and trying to make kids believe in Santa. So um, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it a three. You know what? Richard Attenborough Santa never chooses over the poor kids. He never looks at the poor kid and goes, you're not deserving enough. He never looks at the kid who's like, you're Christmas. And Richard Attenborough Santa gave someone a fucking house and a baby brother. That's gross. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, is this going in your Hanks bank? No. Really? Yeah, there you go. I was I was fully expecting it to go in your hands bank sure. after after all you said. Um now I didn't like this film, Alexander. Yes. Um But I did enjoy making fun of this film. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed my experience watching it because it was bad and it was fun to watch with a friend. This is something we have discussed before, uh, yeah. way, way long ago in our first episode. Sure. Um, with He Knows You're Alone. Is this your Where opinion? you felt that it was so bad that it was good. And yeah. we've discussed that idea of a so bad it's good film. I disagree that that film is so oh, bad so it's good. good. So good. But, watch um, again this year for Halloween. We did actually it. watch it. To be fair, I did kind of enjoy that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was quite drunk. Um, so, yeah, I disagree. I firstly disagree that that film is so bad it's good. I think this film is so bad it's good. Sure. But yeah. I do not think that a film that is so bad it's good mm-hmm. and alone on that fact should go in a Hank's bank and should be de- de- deemed worthy to save the human race. But, it's a big but. Like lie. my butt. Yeah. It is big. There's something that we sort of alluded to but not really touched mm. on. This is a kids' film. That it like it ostensibly is. It's a kids' yeah. film that a film of, that is supposed to be enjoyed by kids. Now, I don't think that films should be, uh, or like bad aspects of a film should be defended just because they're in kids' films. Like, I think you can still critically analyze a kids' film, and you can still make good films that are for children that children still enjoy. But it's a kids' film. Sure. 
And mm-hmm. we cannot forget. Yeah. There are probably some alien children out there. Oh, we've the Mandalorian has been coming out. We know not here. we know Baby Yoda exists. No, he exists. We don't know what he does. We don't know if he's good or is Baby Yoda evil. I don't know. But on a pure concept level, sure. Baby Yoda does exist. Sure, he exists. So we know that children alien can exist, and so me yeah. and all the little Baby Yodas yeah. out there, we're going to be snuggling up. Uh-huh. It's gross. Why are you with so many children? <laughs> with, with, with a blankie. Why are you with these children? And a bunch of hot chocolate. Because I'm I'm looking after them. Are you, you're babysitting? I'm babysitting With the them. aliens, okay. And I'm going nice to throw on sure. Polar Express. Aww. And we are going to have a whale of a time. Can we agree? The alien species that, who, are, who we first encounter are all baby Yodas. No. Can we agree there's at least 50%? There's at least one baby Yoda. Yes, there sure. are baby Yodas because there are children. That's true. It's, but they it's grow a, into adult Yodas. Yes, they, 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 well, they, they, no, they just grow into then aliens. Oh, so an old <laughs> alien stuff and baby Yoda yes, for what yeah, you're saying. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll, it's not we'll, like I'd, I'd spend about five minutes building to, uh, sorry, no, to no, what I, I was I, about I, to say I, about yeah. whether it goes in my eyes. Right? That, that, side note, that was a side note. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, it's going in my fucking hands bag. I'd, 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 I'd practiced that earlier, Al, and I'd practiced it, and I said, I knew my last sentence was going to be, me and all the baby owners were going to curl up with our blankets and our hot chocolate, it's going to be bloody adorable because this is going in my hands bag. And you literally, literally, right before I finished. You know what they say? Jimmy? Right before I finished. Great, great comedy is all about... Interruptions. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is going in my hands bag. I, I like, I... I enjoyed my experience watching this and I also think it is a perfectly valid argument that this is a children's film that I think children will have not have a lot of the criticisms I have. I don't think kids will get that creeped out by the Uncanny Valley stuff. They probably won't notice that the arc, the main arc of the main character makes no fucking sense. I think kids will genuinely love this film and I know that there are there is a strong contingent of people who watch this as kids and still consider it yeah. and have a lot of nostalgia for this film. So yeah, this is going my hangs back. I, d- I really didn't expect it to. Um, but... Uh, I, I enjoyed watching this film, not for the reasons it wanted me to, but I enjoyed it, and I think children would enjoy it. So me and all the baby Yodas are having a grand old time watching this film. Oh, you creep. Yeah, I can see you've got a letter for me. I have a letter. Um, yeah. This wouldn't have gone in my hands back anyway, but very specifically, I can. Uh, as uh, listeners of the show will know, but if this is your first time... Uh, when uh, something doesn't go in a Hanks bank, we have to pick something that will save humanity yes. instead. So we think that Tom Hanks will save humanity, but if the film doesn't, then something else but has got to save need, humanity. We need to satiate the aliens for one more week. That's true. All the baby Yodas, yeah. they're crying their little eyes out, and they want something to appease them. And as other bankers will know, uh, often we write letters to each other, yes. because uh, letters are important. Normally they're apology letters. Well, yes. Uh, is this a model genetic? We'll find out. Importantly, this is also, uh, as I'm sure you guys know, because you'll be listening to it immediately as it comes out, this is uh, Christmas Eve, this podcast yes. comes out. And so uh, we begin. Dear Jamie, as it's Christmas, and Christmas is the time to tell the truth, I've decided to write you a letter. Not our typical apology letter. For I have nothing to apologise for this year. Santa will find me firmly on the nice list. And there shall not be a lump of coal in my stocking this year. I think I'm going to be on the Tom Hanks dick meter list. (laughs) I would normally take time here to insult you. My preferred means of comedy on this podcast. But as we are in the midst of contract negotiations with one another. And I don't want to anger Mr Claus. I shall refrain from that this week. 
I shall be the bigger man, as always. Hashtag real man now. No, instead I shall do what my mother has been trying to get me to do for years. And write you a thank you letter. <laughs> Not to myself. This is specifically me. Yes. Your mum has been trying to get you to write me a thank no, you letter. No, no, Jamie. Years. I shall not write one for myself, though I do deserve thanks. No, surprise you as it might, I'm here to thank you. You see, Jamie, with you, Tom Hanks knows that I'm never alone. Together, we've continued our journey on the love boat. Two bosom buddies taxiing our way on. <laughs> oh, my upwards. God. Happy days. Oh, my God. This is in order. We this faced in order. no mazes and monsters, cut no family ties, and made a splash in the Tom Hanks podcast scene. You repeatedly put yourself forward to be my best man, keen as you are on running my bachelor party. Oh. Also, while being the man who wore one red shoe. <laughs> you volunteered. <laughs> shoe. That one was shoehorned in, my friend. David S. Pump <laughs> You volunteered yourself to help me in this money pit of a podcast <laughs> Though we had nothing in common Rude I'm leaving for Canada soon And though every time we say goodbye I cry a little oh. I promise you you won't hear about me on the dragnet Having become a criminal <laughs> Big things are coming yeah. our way Yes You're the punch to my line The sub to my birds <laughs> The turner to my hooch. Uh, Together, we are Joe. And this podcast, The Volcano. <laughs> Inevitably, it will become the bonfire of our vanities. Oh, uh, boo. You can reach me in Canada via radio or flyers. <laughs> and please do send me your tales of the crypt. Um, woo! We've been in a league of our own these past few months. That's the story so far. <laughs> you agree with the story so far? <laughs> In a few months, I'll be visiting Bennett. But please, no, I'll be sleepless in Seattle thinking of you, uh, my fallen angel. Uh, when I spread Philadelphia <laughs> on my Montreal bagel, I'll be thinking of you so much, I may drop my bagel on the streets. The locals <laughs> will call them the streets of Philadelphia in our honour. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. Forrest Gump coming up. Let's see how you fucking get this one in. In the forest of my loneliness, <laughs> I will miss the bubba to my gump. <laughs> I may hunt deer like Apollo. Thirteen I shall catch. But in this toy story, I know I'll have a friend in you. Oh, ah. That thing you do. That thing you do. <laughs> you can't just <laughs> How much I'll miss it. You know the one. It takes me from Earth to the moon. Uh. All I ask in my absence is that you commit to saving Private Ryan. <laughs> what? <laughs> Please. Don't worry, I'll send you letters regularly. You'll wake up one day and see it in your mailbox, and it'll be all like, whoa, you've got mail. <laughs> I'll say that to myself, will I? Yeah. <laughs> I may send you a present, so it could be a Toy Story 2. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. As you continue your walk down the green mile, forget me not, my friend. Don't cast me away. We'll be reviewing podcasts into our 90s. <laughs> yes! <laughs> This hasn't been much of a thank you letter, so let me try again. This past year, we have been two. We married two. You and me, a small band of brothers. Thank you for a fantastic year. Here's the next. What saves humanity is you. Ow. Oh, you sweetie pie. Um, Didn't get Polo Express in there. No. (laughs) This was the Polo Express one. (laughs) Alyssa Um, also said that. I'm like, but this is the Polo Express episode. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That was... um, Probably more effort you've put into They're the there. rest of the episodes combined. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, you say that, I did it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, very, very well done. Fa- 
fantastic concept Thank and fantastic you. execution. Um, we should say uh, very cutely, uh, we sort of brought up um, that we had like a Thanksgiving uh, get together with some friends. Yes. Uh, and on that, we get go around in a circle discussing what we're thankful for. And you were before me. Yes. And you said me. And I was furious yeah. because I was going to say you while I was sat next to my girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and was also not a fan of that. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was very, very sweet. Oh. And uh, what a fantastic way to round off what has been oh, probably our longest episode, but also a fantastic Christmas episode. Definitely. And a fantastic rounding off uh, of what has been an incredible, not quite full year, but first calendar year yes. of uh, Hank Spank. Thank you to every... Oh, no, shit, we've got another episode before the end of the year. Whatever, yeah. this counts. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's uh, listened to us this year. As um, people may know, uh, but if you haven't listened to the last few episodes, uh, and as Al has referenced a couple of times, he's moving off to Canada and he's cra- travelling for a few months. So our next uh, 10 or so episodes are going to be uh, some smaller episodes. We're taking a break and we're doing some more fun things. We're not chronologically reviewing Tom Hanks' entire MDB. We're just finding some other Tom Hanks-based things to review. Next week, we've got him giving a keynote speech at a Sony fucking tech conference. <laughs> it's a it's, good episode. It's a great fucking episode. We're going to do some David S. Pumpkins. We're yeah. going to do some Desert Island Discs. We're going to do some Inside the Actors Studio. We've got all sorts lined up for you over the next 10 weeks. Imagine I'm Naruto and Jamie's Baruto. Uh, that's that's what the kind of uh, this is, and this is a mid-season arc. Um, right. Okay, yes, you've. Been, I'll I, explain that in the future a better. Yes, yeah, I believe you make that joke in about four episodes yeah. time. Um, so yeah, over the next ten weeks, uh, you're going to be listening to uh, some more fun little mix-ups of episodes. Um, please do give them listen; they're fantastic yeah. uh, little uh, experiences. But in uh, round March, we'll be continuing our chronological review of Tom Hanks with Road to Perdition, followed by Catch Me If You Can. We're very, very excited. If nothing else, we'll be with renewed vigour. Of course. Uh, having spent three months I'll apart. have written some more bits in the meantime. Yes. Oh, I'm going to spend... Th- you have no idea how many bits I'm going to be coming with oh, in three yeah, months' yeah. time. Very specifically. In the meantime, here's what you do. I yes. am leaving because the law is following me. Yes. You need to continue my spree of taking people's phones, downloading every episode... And just shoving it back in their faces, or if not, swapping over someone else's. Help the needy, why don't you? That's right, capitalism is bad, phones are evil and stealing your attention, but you must use them, use them to download a podcast. In fact, download them on your phone, download it on your laptop, download it on your iPad, your mum's iPad, your dad's iPad, your sister's iPad, and your grand's Apple Watch. I want you to download it on everything. I don't want you to stream it. If it's not downloaded, it doesn't count and we don't love you. Also, maybe take a moment to uh, recognise your privilege that every single member of your family oh, owns yeah. an iPad yeah. uh, but then continue to re-download oh, every single episode and then give it back fine. and then give fine. it back um, of course you can follow us at Pod and me at Jamie P. Loxton and Al at Al underscore C's underscore stuff uh, but of course we do need to get the fuck out of here yeah, because uh, we've been recording for about two hours probably I've had two beers I need to piss like nobody's business and Alyssa has been banished so badly that Ooh. she had to call into the episode rather than coming down the stairs yeah. to be a part of it so from me Jamie and my co-host Al that's one more Christmas ep in the bank Driving home for Christmas. Yeah. I don't know how the rest of this song. <laughs> I don't know how this song goes. Welcome to our brand new show. It's not that complicated, so listen close. We'll go through IMDb, reviewing all of Tom Hanks' movies. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank. 
Heinz Bein.